We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What up, everybody? Another week of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Plenty to talk about in the world of wrestling. I feel like the old man has been saving up the entire week to talk about these things. So it's going to be a great show today. We have to talk about Chris Jericho and Fozzie still performing in front of fans and him probably still showing up at AEW on Wednesday. Also, we're going to talk about Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. We have Raw Underground to talk about, which I know as soon as it happened last week, you're like, I can't wait to talk about this shit, which means the old man loved it. So you guys get to hear about that later on in the show, plus everything else that's going on in the world of pro wrestling. To start off the show, though, Dre, your grandma is a superstar. I appreciate it. The clip is out right now on social media. It is hilarious. Um, I'm Hopefully you've healed from that cigarette burn that occurred many moons ago and no scarring went down, but it is great to always hear your stories about the fam and her memory lives on through our podcast. Yeah, yeah, my grandmother. Good Lord. Um, The hardest part for me is like I saw the clip and I listened to it and as people know, I hate listening to myself, so I hated it. But uh, (laughs) nevertheless, 
Yeah, it's anybody that met my grandmother. I know there's a few people that listen to this podcast that have actually met my grandmother in real life. They know. They know. She was a wild yeah. one. I love it. That might be the first time you listen to our show. It yeah, like I saw the clip and I was like, oh, I should listen to this. And I listened to it and I was like, why did I do this to myself? I hate how I sound. It's the worst. But no, I mean, oh well. It's all right. I'm pretty sure I got like the nodes earlier this year. If you guys haven't watched Pitch Perfect, it's like hilarious. But I'm pretty sure I have that. And my voice changed completely from I'd say last January on. So now I sound like Raspy Jadakiss. And before, I sounded like I was still 15 years old. So I was joking like with my wife earlier. I was like, yo, I think I hit like a second puberty. My voice sounds completely different. So now listening back to myself, it takes like a while to get used to it. And, like when I'm editing or trying to pull clips, it's weird like hearing my voice and how it changed. But this is how it is now. So I got to rock with it. It's better than being squeaky, I guess. True. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. It took you know, 32 years for my voice to deepen. It took me 26 years to get a beard. And you still managed to say that I don't have a beard. But it, I think it's growing in nicely now. Yeah, you got that little wispy thing going on. <laughs> it took a while, man. It took a while. I didn't get a mustache I was like 21. I'm seeing your throwback pictures. You're 12 with a full mustache. Yeah, I always had I always had the facial hair, man. I was, I was a man. I was a man's man. <laughs> you were five foot one with a full mustache. Dumb small. Looking like a three musketeer. I played football and I was like tiny. It just didn't make any sense. I don't know what's wrong with me. I blame my parents. It's crazy. Curls for the girls and a full mustache. Telling people you're just short. You're really 14 going out with 17-year-olds. So I don't know, man. I I guess people like listening to our old stories. I don't know. Maybe there's something here. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to tell the old stories. It's cool. And when we don't have a ton to talk about, like in the world of hip-hop or current events you know we're not advocating for the progress of black black people and our culture it's always nice to sneak in those little episodes where we can talk about our past and not my past per se because i open up all the time i talk you know talk about crazy shit and people kind of know me it's always shocking and surprising when people get to hear about you i don't know why because you're like the mystery man no one knows anything about you they know for a year you lived in New York, worked at BET, and you say, oh, it was a crazy year, and then that's the end of it. Um, they know that you've lived in Vegas outside of that, and you grew up and went to high school and stuff in Vegas, and then you're like, yo, that's wild, and that's the end of that. They know you went to Atlanta for a couple years for college, and that was crazy, but that's the end of that. And yeah, so people like getting these little insights. Like, you go into The Last Freak, Nick, and seeing a guy get kicked in the chest by a horse ah yes what a time that's that's like an incredible story that will forever live on in our podcast people love those stories you've seen a lot of wild shit yeah i guess i guess the thing is is that uh like i kind of mentioned before but i'm seeing it more now is i never recognized how different our lives were in vegas like yeah i mean i've got crazy stories in atlanta and my time at bet obviously it's intriguing to people who are curious about what happens at black entertainment television but when it comes to high school the way that we grew up in vegas was just completely different than how anybody else grew up because nobody grew up with like casinos and nobody grew up with like a place that i guess uh so many things happen but you don't think of like black kids when you think of vegas you never really thought of black kids i mean dude i was like a block away when tupac got shot 
I saw him at the MGM that night. Like that that's crazy to me. In my but in my head when it happened, I was like, it's Vegas. It's, don't you see this shit normally? Like people? No. It's like a historical event. Tupac got shot maybe an hour after I saw him getting escorted out of the MGM at a Tyson fight. So yeah. There's always was, stories. Yeah, Vegas it was a, a, a whole different place back then. Vegas, I feel like it's tame now, but then I say that and then I see videos of people wilding out during the Rona. So maybe it isn't. Maybe it hasn't changed much at all. Nah, not really. Yeah, wild spot. Um, to talk and open up this show, though, we have plenty to talk about in the world of hip-hop. And the first thing is, Dre, tell me, that you watched the Cardi B Megan the Stallion WAP video on purpose. Yeah, Not I, by mistake, like the cornball dude on Twitter. On purpose. Of course I watched it. I gotta of see what you're talking about. So so here's the thing, right? Let me start it with this. I am not a fan of Nicki Min I mean Nicki Minaj. Cardi oh, B yeah. and Megan the Stallion. I'm not like a fan. I appreciate what Cardi I've especially appreciate what Cardi's been through. More than anything else. Like, to actually be on Love & Hip Hop and manage to make a musical career when everybody on Love & Hip Hop fails miserably. Yeah. I respect that. Meg, she can rap. I've always thought her time is, like, going to be up soon. But she's still here. It is what it is. The video is not something I'll ever let my daughter watch. No. She's, she's almost four. So when people are like, you're not going to. No. Absolutely not. I don't need my daughter to see that. But it's not for her at all. That video's not made for her. So it's like, I get where there's people. Because I I am very much like, I don't want, I wouldn't want my daughter doing that shit. The objectification of women is something that's always going to be a part of this civilization. I don't really necessarily care for that aspect. I would like to see women MC, female MCs like Rhapsody get shine. But here we are. Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion just destroyed the internet with this. But for those of you who sit there and go, in my time, like you're, you know, in your 30s, maybe in your 40s, and you go, in my time, it wasn't like this. Bullshit. Shit. That's, it's ridiculous because if you grew up with two live crew, you grew up with this shit. If you grew up with Lil' Kim, how many licks? Yeah, okay. It wasn't about a lollipop. <laughs> the only thing I can say that's different is the accessibility. Because you really can't escape. Like, you can't really stop anybody from watching anything anymore. So I can understand that aspect of it when it's like, well, my kids could just, like, go to YouTube and watch this video. Yeah, they could. But then I guess it's your job as a parent to make sure they don't. Or make sure they know better. But, again, what I grew up with, like, growing up with, like, Lil' Kim and Two Life Crew and, like, Too Short. Like, yeah. I mean, I turned out okay, I think. So I think a lot of the kids will as well. It's just if you don't mess with it, turn it off. But, man, so many think pieces. I hate think pieces. Quit writing. Oh, you, immediate think pieces, too, which I know it just kills you. It, it, dude, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts to see so many people write about these two. Like, you know, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't. Just don't. If you don't dig it, don't watch it. Like I said, I'm not buying. Like, if I was to be buying CDs, even though I stream everything these days, I wouldn't be buying Meg's album. I'm not a fan like that. I don't mean I got to write a whole diatribe about why this video is awful. I'm not doing all that. Just turn the shit off. Yeah, the video's not even that bad to me. Like, I watched it. I was like, 
this shit would be mid on BET Uncut. Like, we, I was, what, 11, 12 years old, staying up to watch BET Uncut at 3 a.m. in New York. And that was, like, the thing to do back then. So this video is along those lines. It's not tip drill. No, nothing was tip drill. It's no, like, it, again, that argument is it came on at a certain hour. Like, the accessibility, it, it was different. To a degree, accessibility was different. You had to stay up to watch it. You couldn't just click a link and tip drills on your TV. So I get that, but again, yeah, but no. People who wanted to watch this, or word of mouth would travel, and people would find a way to watch it. Yeah, just in in just any crazy. era. So it's like, all right, you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. It does make me miss BT Uncut. I think there's a place still for videos that are just wild. And there's not really, like, a designated market for it. Granted, you can find everything on YouTube. You can do all that. But it, it was cool to have a, a collection of stuff like that in one place. So I think that would be dope if people kind of ran with this. And was like, you know what? We want to make more videos like this. It seems like Cardi's in all of these now. Um, well, Nicki Minaj, too. I'm pretty sure she just showed her titties in, like, the uh, Takashi video. Pretty sure she did. Pretty sure I, I know. I saw him fairly recently, and lo and behold, she's pregnant. So there you go. Uh, there's a reason why the memories are quite large, I guess. No, so. this that's not why. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, do I automatically have to go to surgeries and enhancements? I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. There is there is no benefit. There is no doubt. She's had hella work done. You knew Nikki before. Any of that. Well, no, I knew her when she got her first piece of work done. Like, that's when I first met her at BET. Beat Me Up Scotty okay. Mixtape is when I met her. Okay, not and everything's, flat bottom Nikki. No, 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 I didn't meet that Nikki. But, yeah, I've heard stories. I'm not going to give out my sources, but, yeah, man. Young Money paid for that. She's had some work. I, there's but, no way in hell. You, man, come on. Let's just Perfect be, investment, then. We're, we're, we're grown-ups. You done seen titties. Ain't no titties in real life sitting like that, ever. No titties look like that in real life. No. No. Absolutely not. Come on. Mm. I, not, dog, not just walking around, just just bouncing about to and fro. Listen, nah. man. I'm not like the feminist or none of that shit. Like, I'm, that's, you know. But I don't like seeing black women struggle in this society and have to do all these things to try to get men's attention. But it makes it really hard for women because this is where we're gonna get into this is where i want to go with this when you are you grow up kind of like a duck right you're not the most attractive woman in the world and then you just kind of co-op black culture get your lips done get your butt done get your boobs done just get everything just get the whole makeover to the point where you have a kid your kid is not going to look like the person that she came out of right yep kylie jenner <laughs> like yo why is she in this video I didn't mind it because she looked fly. She like, looked, if we're just man. being objective and we didn't know that this is Kylie Jenner 5.0 or she's not going through different phases like a Dragon Ball Z character, just fucking leveling up every four episodes when we see her. If we just saw her this moment, cheetah print, walking down the hallway, sure it was unnecessary. Half of this shit was unnecessary. Having a giant, you know, tiger around while making the stallions busting it open in the splits between two chairs is wildly unnecessary. 
So if Kylie wants to be in it, you know, show the the chesticles off, she was all right. No, it, it didn't bother me at all. And I can objectively say that, yes, she does look good now. Is it fake? Sure. But she looks good. It's not like she went fake and it went horribly wrong. She's done it at least so it looks good. Is it going to look good in 10 years? No, it's not my problem. It's Travis Scott's problem. For right now, though, I think it's settling in pretty well. Yeah, I'm cool on this. This this whole damn Kardashian family has continuously profited off of black women without having a single black friend. The one that they did have, Jordan Woods, is gone. I yeah. can't rock with this. That was somewhat by her own doing, but I agree. Uh, I mean, I agree with the Kardashians and appropriation and blah, blah, blah. Hey, we talked about that. Yeah, that's what their family does. In, in this aspect, though, I'm not sure, like, they can, like, you know, strong arm their way into the video. Dude, it's I, I'd be, I would be interested in seeing how it came about. I'm not mad that it came about. I just want to know, like, did Cardi reach out? Did Meg reach out? Did Kylie's, you know, what, does she have a makeup line or something? Did they sponsor the video? Is this, you know, was Cardi paid to let her walk through? Because it's like a walking advertisement for the, you know, the makeup line or the lipstick or whatever it may be. Shit, maybe for a plastic surgeon. Who knows? But there's business behind this. And if they're making a little coin by having her walk half-assed naked through the video, I find nothing wrong with this. And the best part of the video is the woman with the most clothes on, um, the dark-skinned chick at the at the end who looks amazing, actually dancing, and not just stripper dancing, but like dancing, and she looks great. She stole the video. Yeah, but nobody cares. That's my problem. It's I like, don't know her name. I Normani. care. I just don't know her name. Normani is... Normani, Normani. She's dope. She's dope. She's young. She's dope. But the problem is, is that all the headlines are about Kylie Jenner. That's my problem with this shit. Well, it, if people didn't create a petition, maybe it wouldn't be. But the, dude, she's whack. Look, man, I am. I I can't rock with this. I get. I get what you're saying. Yeah, she looks great. I can't rock with this. What is, it's it, for me? It's always about the message. What message does it send? If like, you got enough money, you could buy a new face. I yeah, mean, that's real though. It it is real, but it's whack. Cause look, man, look. The Kardashians have ruined every black person that's come in contact with them. That's that's what's problematic. Like, yes. Literally ruined every black person that they've come in contact with. And they made their father go the other direction. Look, I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying what it is. This is what we're looking at. And Normani's busting her ass dancing in this video. And Kylie's walking, and Kylie gets the headline to entertain E News. Kylie Jenner stars in Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion's video. Kylie Jenner starred in it? Yeah, that's... But see, but this is what happens, yeah, man. This weird is, headline. This is what happens with our culture when other people come in and are able to take aspects of our culture but not the entire thing. Because they, I mean, I don't know. Is Kylie Jenner outside saying Black Lives Matter? I don't know. It's Kylie, I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, her daughter's black. Hopefully. Or, or she was. Is she drinking Pepsis and thinking that's going to end shit? Like, my, again, man, like, I when there's a petition, because no, nobody wanted to see this. We wanted to see a celebration of black women. That's what people wanted to see. Black I women, think people just wanted to see ass and titties. I think you're you're giving eh, people way too much credit for why they, they did this video. They <laughs> did. But the, there's a reason why that petition is going around is because people don't appreciate a culture vulture being involved with what felt like 
black sexuality with women. It, like you saw Normani, she's bad. Like and she's dancing. And then you see Kylie just walking. It's like, why are you here? Why? What? Who invited you? And then yes, yeah, somebody show invited. Show ass and titties. Like if if it was a deeper meaning video, like if right. it was a Rhapsody video, and she randomly parked her ass in a Rhapsody video with a Black Lives Matter T-shirt and like all this stuff, maybe then I'd be like, okay, you're a culture vulture, chill out. What the fuck are you doing here? You're out of place. A video that is specifically, and I'm not even. I don't even gotta say what WAP stands for in this video. Listen to the uncut version of the song. But this video, where it's clearly all about showing ass and titties, I'm okay if they want to put whoever they want in the video to show ass and titties. Again, I was more surprised of the well-dressed woman at the end who can actually dance not showing ass and titties. But that was just me. Everyone else showed up for the reason of Oh my God, they're showing ass and titties. And Kylie was like, you know what? I ain't doing shit on a Tuesday. Let me go show off my ass and titties. They cost me a lot of money. Let me show people what I'm buying, what I bought. Yeah, I'm just not gonna rock with it. Like she just so, you, so she didn't look good, is what I'm asking. She looked fake. Look, I, I truly, me, truly, it is hard for me to say something looks good that's not real. Okay. Like it, it's really, truly, like it looks, it looks, it looks great, man. It's like it's, it's, it was great work that was done. I appreciate your surgeon, but I can't give you credit for looking like that. I can't. It just won't let me. So it's really hard for me, as who I am, to look at like to look at like if I was single. Oh man, this be rough. Cause I I just won't believe anything. I think everything's a magic <laughs> trick. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. like if you there's a Roy slide. I always hate hate it because I can't like really say it all the way through i can never remember it and i hate butchering it but um it's like he's talking about Nicki minaj's ass and he's like and if it's fake fucking i'm with the facade and that's just real like that's how i did like cool like if it's fake then whatever like it's fine by me um me personally by the time like when the wife hits 40 if she wants anything done i told her like yo when you hit 40 you want anything done got you we're going you get whatever the hell you want done easy peasy i don't even think she wants a lot done but whatever it is 40th birthday present go ahead and you can rock out with a different body if you want i love your body now love it then whatever so i am always like you know pro surgery if you want now i'm not advocating people go the deep end and end up like Lil kim where you're a completely different person or what's the Kardashian, the other Kardashian, Chloe, who looks completely different now. Yeah. Like from three years ago. Like that's a little OD. But again, I can't say that she doesn't look better than she did before. It's weird that she looks different. I would have to say she looks better now. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at this. If it was, if, if Kylie and Kim and. They did the enhancements that were reflective of their culture. I'd be cool with it. Like when mm. white girls just get gigantic titties and that was it. Cool. You just enhancing what you already are, right? Get your blonde hair even more. Reflection of their culture. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's but it's not because the fuller lips, the the curve, the, the curviness. It's black features. These are black features that the Kardashians are after. Because they fair. look, they don't look like that at all. They are yes. transforming. So I have a bigger problem with that. Like, if you want to get some work done to 
Like if you had a kid, you want to get a breast lift, or you you want to get a tummy tuck, or you want to do the weight loss surgery, or you you know you you don't really like your nose, but when you get the like when little Kim when you get a white nose, then I got a problem with it. Yeah, now you hit her on the head. You're right. You know, just taking off stuff like maybe you don't like, or but you're still keeping your body type. You're still keeping your figure. You're not grossly changing yourself into something else. So you're right. I wouldn't be an advocate for that. No, you're right. Yeah, if you want to just fix what you have, cool. Yeah, I will never tell a woman. I will never like if my wife wanted to do something. I would never say no. I would tell her yes. I love you the way you are, but it's really up to you and how it makes you feel inside. But if you go, if she goes and comes back, she comes back as a white woman. Oh shit, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> like, that ain't gonna Yo, work. What's going on here? <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, yeah. because more important than anything else for me, more important than anything else is what are we teaching our daughter? Yeah. What if she came back with the Meg the Stallion? The Meg the Stallion? What's the Meg? Yeah, like, because she's obviously, your wife's a black woman, you know, but what if she went from her body now to, like, the crazy, wild, gigantic ass, like, black features, but Meg the Stallion black features. Like, overly done. Me, personally, I don't like that either. Like, you know, when it starts looking like a, uh, a doll, like, it has to be created, like, there's no way that can possibly happen. It has to happen in a factory. I'm not with it. I, I, I do like, I'm, I'm fine with touching them. I'm fine with women doing it for their own self-esteem. And I can't tell a woman what to do with a body at all. Yep. But, the, again, my thing is, when you come out looking like a completely different woman in a completely different culture, and for me being a father, and I got a little black girl that's my daughter, and then if, if my daughter can't rec- see herself in her mother anymore... We've got a we problem. We got a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, what, we, like, what does that say? I, I'm just curious. I don't know anybody who's had parents that has had crazy plastic surgery. I don't know what a photo album looks like. Like, when Kanye's kids look at, like, an old picture of Kim Kardashian, that ain't my mama. Who the fuck is that? Yeah. I, I know people like that. Like, where the, the parents look completely, like, super plastic surgery. That's, like yeah. the the whole face and the Botox and the lip plumpers and all that, like completely different. Then you Chiseling why, the cheekbones and shit, like. And then you wonder wild. why uh, your kids have self esteem issues, right? It's like yeah. well, you didn't like how you look. How am I supposed to like how I look? So yeah, that's my problem with Kylie Jenner, the Kardashians, and anybody who gets work to become a completely different culture. All right, so you you mentioned how this then impacts other people right we said so kind of in the mold of how would our daughters look at this what does this say the other thing i wanted to ask is how society looks at this and what it then puts pressures on them and one thing i I felt like i had to come into this episode and i had this psa to get i want to get on my soapbox take it out stand on it real quick dre i am done with it i am over it I'm done with this OnlyFans wave. <laughs> Yo, I'm done. Everyone does not need a fucking OnlyFans. No. Stop it. There's other places. Get a Patreon. Get, like, OnlyFans. I appreciate the people who use it well. I am I am not a patron of OnlyFans. <laughs> I know I do not subscribe. But I recognize that some people on there got some talent. You know, they're doing a little something strange for a little bit of change. I appreciate that. Cool, you're using the platform for what it's for. It's kind of, they stopped 
giving you direct access and money in the adult industry. People started stealing stuff. So you take it into your own hands. And this way you can't be bootlegged. Your pay can't be cut. It's direct. You cut out the middleman. You're good money. You create your own content. I'm all here for that. For adult workers, sex workers, whatever is the proper term. Cool. Now when I got to see the girl I went to fourth grade math class with. You know, just at home is just like, oh, I'm down on my luck or I'm bored. And she's busting it open and putting her OnlyFans on Facebook for $12. I'm like, who is paying to look at you naked? Maybe three people we went to school with, your, your old creepy-ass gym teacher, and some friends of the family that will never tell your parents that they're buying. But at most, you got like 10 people watching you spread eagle. Like, how much money can you make from that? It's ridiculous. And now, the wave of people I see on Facebook, Twitter, and women, respectable. It's now reached a point where I'm just like, you are somewhat of a respectable woman in my eyes. Not that these workers are not. But it's just like, you really are just telling me, that's it. Once you once you get an OnlyFans, like, fuck it. That's, that's the end of my road. Anything professional outside of that? We're just giving it up for the quick buck. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's okay not to show your titties, women. If that's what you want to do, listen, God bless. But it's okay. You don't have to show your titties. It's not that serious. For six ninety nine, <laughs> like what's nine ninety nine? Is it the WWE Network? Come on, I already got enough. I got New Japan. I got all this Netflix. I don't need to pay nine ninety nine to see a nipple well. from someone randomly in math class. It's ridiculous. I'm I'm over it. Yeah, I'm with you. OnlyFans is the new rapper, right? Everybody's a rapper, right? Everybody you met was a rapper to the point where if you were a rapper, you didn't want to say you were a rapper because of the connotation that comes with being a rapper. <laughs> people still try to be rappers at 40. And people are still on only. Well, listen. I can't knock people on OnlyFans at 40 and 50. There's some badass 50-year-olds. But still, it's the same rapper analogy. Give it up. No one to give it up. Well, even more importantly, like rappers, nobody really knows how much they make, right? Nobody really knows how much these OnlyFans, like girls and whoever's on OnlyFans, how much they really make. We see stories, but nobody really knows. You can Photoshop a receipt. You can Photoshop an invoice. But it leads to the idea that there's all this money in OnlyFans. And if you are doing an OnlyFans for like $12, you got six subscribers, there's better things you can do with your time. Just like in hip-hop, if you're a rapper, like you spent once upon a time when people spent all their money to go to the studio, and the studios went away because everybody could record at home, and then everybody became a rapper and a producer, but how many were really getting paid? And it becomes like a whole marketing scheme more so than talent, right? So now with OnlyFans, it's not necessarily about how dope you are, how good you look, or whatever. It's like, well, what's your following, and what's the intrigue? And then everybody goes, well, I can do that. Dude, this, yeah. there was just a dude on my... And all people aren't created equal. There's just a dude on Rapper Big Pooh's Twitter, who's a friend of mine from Little Brother. And he was trying to tell Pooh how to handle his rapping business. This man has like 300 followers and a song on SoundCloud with like three listens. And he thinks that we're all created equal because you're only an at away from a conversation. Right, I, I can get at anybody by saying at on Twitter. So we're all on the same level of playing field. No, we're not. OnlyFans, we're not. They're not. You're not on the same playing field. If you think you're going to start an OnlyFans and you're going to look at 
Who was the girl that they said made like forty eight thousand dollars in like a day? Oh, I forgot her name. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But again, she had a following before then, so it's just people wanting to see a nipple once. Like, is that sustainable? No, but the, but the bigger issue is like one, you can't prove she made that much, and two, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> like, who do you think you are that you're gonna get an OnlyFans without a following, and you're gonna have like buku money? It's the new rapper. It's the 2020 rapper OnlyFans, and it's to the point now. It's like if you got one, I ain't, I don't want to even be around you. Like no, man, like it's for, too much. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those things where, um, <laughs> uh, shout, I mean, shout out to horrible decisions. Their show is hilarious, but uh, I was listening to it, and the Mandy chick was just like, "Yo, I got one, but she only like shows her toes done up and like feet," and I was like. Okay, I guess there's a market for that, right? And you have a following, so you're showing feet. Not Doja Cat style showing feet in racist chat rooms, but just showing feet. Okay, whatever. That's kind of a niche. Now I'm like, all right, you put your thinking cap on. These other women who get into it are just like, no, nope, someone wants to see me, you know, put my hands on the ground and shake it. Like, for what? I see more on Instagram. There's this girl on my Facebook who has run a sale on her OnlyFans, and it is now two dollars and forty nine cents. Yeah. If you sign up in the next week. On the next week. And I'm just like. Better hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking like two dollars and forty nine cents. Are you? I I spend more on a soda at the airport. And now you're just showing it to everyone, and then every other thing is. Oh, I'm tired of these men, or these men ain't shit, and all this stuff. Like, probably because we can all see you ass naked for two fifty. Like, what should we be shit for? Like, I, I I don't get it. So it's one of those things where it's just, I don't know if it's the culture. I don't know if it's stuff like, you know, those videos where it's just like it's so easy now to say, okay, it's acceptable to show my ass. Show my tits, and again, like you said, women could do whatever they want with their bodies. It's just I don't know the common sense of it for some women. If you're doing it as a part of a career, then you know what? You be the best OnlyFans ass shaker you can be. But you better be also giving me something real wild on that shit for like ten ninety nine. You need to go all out. You better be the top tier. Cause if you're not, then what are you doing? Right. Ain't no half stepping in OnlyFans. Look. It's just a matter of what are you in it for and what are you trying to get out of it. If you're in it under the idea that you're going to be a millionaire or you're going to be rich and pay your mortgage or your rent or whatever, that ain't it. It just ain't it. it. Like I said, I compare it to a rapper. Look, you can do whatever you want. I don't have to like it. That That's always my thing because people tell me, you can't tell people what to do. No, I'm not. Like You can do what you want. Just keep that shit away from me. So it's like when I see an OnlyFans... And, yeah, if you're doing it, like, there's a market to show your feet and you're doing it on the side. Cool. Whatever. That's your thing. But I, when I see it, like, it's like, man, you can't complain about the value of you when there's no mystery anymore. If I only got to pay $2.50 to see what you look like, there's really what, like, the, why should I wind and dine you? It's like that was that whole theory of, like, well, why should, you know, why should I uh, buy the cow when I just get the milk? Like, what the, what do I need that yeah. for? And listen, I'm okay. If you show me. If you show me what the milk look like and you got some bomb ass like chocolate or strawberry milk, cool. Then I'm probably still going to buy the cow. I get it. But if it's just some like lazy whack ass milk, not even on the rocks, then I'm not buying the cow. 
a lot of these accounts are like, you got an OnlyFans, but you don't do anything. I miss the days of, you know, these chicks going out and learning to be strippers. And men, men too. Go, go and be talented. At least learn, you got to shake your ass, you got to work for something, you got to be personable. These people, that's my biggest, my biggest crux with this all, is that you can do it and have no talent. Guess what? Guess what that's like? Rapping. Rapping. <laughs> you can do it and have no talent anymore. The old school, you know how much these women used to have to go and learn and be in shape and do crazy shit to get hired at Magic City or one of these clubs? Mm. Lou Williams ain't just giving money to people because they got OnlyFans. He's doing it because they shake their ass, they're professionals, they do tricks, and he gets some wings. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on there. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's just oh, it's lazy, man. The laziness of it is what bothers me. Go out there, learn a trade, learn to be a stripper. Look at Two Chains. That's the next thing we're talking about, right? Two Chains and Ross. Yeah. Two Chains didn't bring out two random OnlyFans chicks. No, he brought out two strippers, essential workers, as he would say, and showered them with money. These women worked hard for their money. I miss those days, man. Strippers strippers don't get enough credit. It's a lost art. It's like backpack hip-hop. Yeah, it is. The glory years. That's what, that's what it is now. I'm reflecting on the days when the finest of young women were strippers. Now they're bottle girls and OnlyFans creators. It's a damn shame. Just allowing <laughs> them to be lazy. These young whippersnappers. All right, I get off my soapbox. I'm tired of sounding old. Ross versus 2 Chains in the versus battle. Chains... Showering strippers with money, Rick Ross taking his top off, letting the belly rock. That's when he knew it was getting real. Getting a massage mid-battle. At first, it started off slow. I saw you mention it, like, oh, man, they're going to put me asleep. I think it picked up. I think the theatrics were there. We got some good gifts. And the music obviously stands on its own. Yeah. Um, you still weren't entertained. It doesn't sound like you were entertained. Nah, man. Like, I kind of said it. Like, there was no energy there. I'm not the biggest Rick Ross fan. I, it's just really hard for me to get past what he got caught up in. It's really hard, like, to listen to him. I'm like, man, this man lied his way into a career. That's amazing. Um, He can rap, though. I give him that. And he his catalog was too deep. And all the songs that I like from 2 Chainz, he played none of them. Like every guest verse that I enjoyed, Run the Jewels, De La Soul, I wasn't getting none of that shit. The I mean, he wasn't me. playing none of that. No, but that's what I'm saying. So for me, the enjoyability of it all, like it was hard with them not. And I, and I said that too is like, I like when rappers are, the catalogs are old. Like this is just stuff I feel like I just heard that they were playing. Like f- from less than a decade ago. I like seeing Snoop and DMX play stuff from like 20 years ago. And Jill Scott and Erica Badu play old stuff because it is a nostalgia element. And I know some people are like, well, there's nostalgia here too. Yeah, I get it. But I'm not like a huge 2 Chains and Rick Ross fan. So it was cool. The, the, was the ending ever in doubt? Like, I can't believe for people thought 2 Chains. people, Chains. it was. I, yeah, look, people, people voted for 2 Chains winning. I, I don't see it. I don't. As much as I'm not like the, a Rick Ross fan, there's no way. That catalog yeah. was just way too deep. BMF, no. like, and, and, and he treated like two chains didn't treat like a battle. And the moment he admitted it, because he recognized, like, oh shit, Rick Ross is trying to take my head off. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't plan on this out. Nah, you knew what was about to happen. Yep. And he was trying to switch, like, oh, are we supposed to switch? I'm supposed to go back to back. It's even worse if you go first. 
Yeah, man. So going second the whole battle is actually a benefit. But even then, I thought it was maybe 5-5 to start off the battle. I was like, oh, shit, it's close. Maybe 6-4, Ross. And then from song 10 through like 17, Ross won every round. And Chains was playing songs people had never heard of before. Dude, that he was playing choruses, no verses. When he you was just playing him on choruses. Yo, when you play the song that you probably had the third best verse on, fucking problems. Everybody remembers Drake and Kendrick's verse. Yeah. Nobody goes. Remember that two chains verse? That's a bad idea. That's that's. It's like showing my highlight reel playing football. But it's really just a quarterback throwing like 80-yard bombs. Like, and really mean doing nothing, right? Uh, like, maybe I'm a lineman, I'm throwing a block. And all eyes are on, oh, shit, look at this play. It's like showing an offensive lineman for the Detroit Lions doesn't have a highlight reel. Barry Sanders has a highlight reel. True. <laughs> so, in this case, 2 chains was the old line just blocking and keeping the beat afloat. And it's ASAP Rocky's song, which makes it even worse because nobody remembers his verse. Like, you don't do that. Like, that's the wrong highlight reel. I like Rocky on that. But come on, man. That's not that's not the verse you showcase in a battle. Like you gotta show something you gotta play something where you bodied it. You can't be like dude. No, but you, you need twenty. You, you need twenty tracks. Well that's the other <laughs> so, problem. But I mean at this point. How about this though? How about this though? How does Drake win this battle? He's on all he was on like fifty percent of both of their songs. I mean, his catalog's so deep. It's Ross's catalog is deep. Drake's catalog at this point is deep. I don't, like, seriously, I don't know who's beating Drake in one of these. If Drake ever said, yo, what's up, let's do this, who's beating him? Seriously. No, I, I don't even know. Again, we're not talking about full projects, right? So it's 20, like, hits. You can bring out hits. Jay finds it hard to keep pace. Dude, Jay loses. And I think, and I love Jay. Jay no, loses. No, I mean, Jay got dirt off his shoulder. Mm. Jay got, um, it de- and it still depends on what Drake plays. Like, here, here's the thing. It's the audience. This is what I keep saying about this. When you yeah. have these kind of battles and you have Drake, who is in tune with the younger audience, clearly, and he still has a lot of us as well. Whereas Jay, so like my nephew, Jay's like Beyonce's purse carrier. That's how my nephew looks at Jay-Z. <laughs> Damn shit. Like, dead ass. Like, he just, he's like, oh, uh, Beyonce's husband? That's how he treats it. So, if Drake were to have a battle. Dude, (laughs) if Drake were to have a battle and he has the 15-year-olds watching, the 25-year-olds watching, the 35-year-olds watching, then people come for Jay-Z, yeah, it's like, I'm going to pick a lot of Jay-Z songs because I love Jay. But there's no way he can compete with those hits. Not with that audience. A straight rapping battle? Of course. A Timberland battle? Yeah. Streets, yes, absolutely. But hits? And I love Jay. It's just, there's no way that audience is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go with Jay-Z on this. Unless you yeah. barred under 25 from showing up. <laughs> no, which obviously is not happening. No. Uh, I think Drake and Wayne would be a good one. Drake washes Wayne. I, but I think Wayne makes it like a spectacle and the young kids still know Wayne enough. And if they don't, on some shit, he sounds like Young Thug. Because Young Thug sounds like him. So they're still like, oh my god, this is dope. Like, it's it's close enough. Nah, not that close. I, no, Drake bodies everyone, though. Like, yeah. it's so tough. His catalog is so deep with hits. With just hits, guest verses. 
like, there's just too much in that catalog. And again, Hove has classics where we're like, yo, those are classics. Yeah. But it's just a different, yeah, it's a different era, a different genre. Dude, it's, it's, listen, it is literally playing records in the club, right? Like, Drake yeah. can go to the club and drop you 20 club records right now. And you'd be like, all right, cool. Now, you go play Streets is Watching in the club, ain't going to work because that crowd ain't ready for that. Crowd don't want to hear Streets is Watching. They don't want to hear Friend or Foe, Politics as Usual, Brooklyn's nah. Finest. They don't want to hear that shit. Because nah. Drake has already set the tone with fucking Hotline Bling. Jay-Z doesn't have a Hotline Bling. <laughs> no, he just doesn't. doesn't. should have a Hotline Bling. No. But no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're he just saying. can't win that battle. There's going to be people. I've seen people argue about this. They're like, no, Drake. No, no. Jay doesn't. He, he doesn't. It's just the way it is. He can't yeah. keep up with that. And I love, and again, Jay's like my favorite rapper. But he can't. It just ain't going I wonder. On. I wonder how the kids would feel if it was like Drake versus Future, because a lot of people give Future like this this really big credit. I and to me, I don't f- see what's so great about Future. I don't see. What's I, I don't. I'm not a Future. Fan. I, I, I missed the missed the boat, but people hold him in high regard. Like he's one of the people say he's one of the goats. Yeah. I'm like, at, at what? But you put his catalog against Drake, those people are really going to have to be put under pressure. And to me, Young Thug is not even a conversation. No. I mean, no. A, a lot of people on Twitter think, like, Young Thug can do no wrong. They say he's rapper of the year this year. I read that shit. Someone said that shit on Twitter. Dude. And I was like, what? Listen, I, again, this, these are the things where I just go, I'll see myself out. Like, where's the door? Yeah. I'm leaving because this conversation just ain't for me. And I'm not going to argue with a bunch of people who like it. Like, there's a ton of Young Thug fans out there. And yep. I always say this, like, I, when I hear a hit, okay, Young Thug's got a few, but don't bring that shit to me like, you better like this. No, I don't. It's not good. I don't care. No, because the verses aren't hits. Like, he's saying nothing. He doesn't pass your, if I write this down, it's dope. Absolutely not. Measure. Absolutely like, not. A lot of these kids, I, I tried to listen to Roddy Rich the other day. Yeah. It just sounded like Young Thug, but worse. If that makes sense. Like, a lot of these young kids do. All of them do. Right. They sound like Young Thug, and he's not that great. No, but... So, it's, it's just it's mind-boggling. Uh, but I think the bigger issue, like, when, like you talked about Future, but the bigger issue in beating Drake is he crosses over multiple genres. That's the yeah. hardest part. This man adopts a new damn uh, uh, accent like it's nothing. Like, Madonna's Easy. got kids. Like, he just gets new accents, like, every week. What is, what is, what is it, Arabian? Jamaican Drake? Yeah, like, Jamaican Drake is a whole different battle. Trap Drake? There's so many versions of Drake. I'll give it to him, man. The man who came up as an actor, yo, he can he flips the style well. Constantly. And he can still spit, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, Nobody beats that, man. No. Chris Brown no. maybe has different genres of music where he can compete. Not, nope. Absolutely not. But no one beats him. No, Chris Brown? No. Nobody's touching Drake. Nobody. Chris Brown got the stuff. only. You know, he got the singing. He got the rap. The only person who could touch because the battle wouldn't even make sense if it happened. The only person right now who could touch Drake in the battle is Beyonce. Because Beehive ain't fucking around. No, the Beehive would just swarm it. But it's, even then, I'm just like, eh. yeah, I, she don't got shit for Drake. No, I, <laughs> look, I agree. But these battles, like the people that think Two Chains won, are like Two Chains yeah. fans. So when you have yeah. like a whole swarm of people, like. BTS, for instance, like the Asian kids, like they're they're they are massive. I still have them in my timeline from when I went to the Billboard Awards two years ago and tweeted about it. It's like one of my biggest. It's got like half a million likes. It's ridiculous. Every two weeks, I see people liking this tweet that I did two years ago. But so when you have that kind of an army behind you, then you have a battle because that's what Drake is. He's got like uh, fanatics. 
Yeah, we love. We Jared talked about that. Beyonce gets washed by Rihanna. So, I think so. But I mean, it's I close. I don't think but the Beehive lets that happen. Yeah, I mean, it's blasphemous for a lot of people, but you know, that's what it is. And then, but I do like the idea of equal battles and verses. Like Ross and Two Chains are at least equal in genre, age, fan bases, right? Yeah. So you can get a decent judging on that. I like that. The next one teased is Rakim calling out Big Daddy Kane. I'd love to see it. I don't know if they'll do it. I hope they do it. I hope they do it, too. I mean, Rakim wins that. But. Yeah, but, dude. Ooh. I I love the matchup. Ooh, Big Daddy came. Ain't no half-stepping. Raw. Ooh. Ooh. That's a battle. I came up. I didn't appreciate Rakim until later. And what I mean by that is when I heard, first heard Kane, I was all in. Dancing, everything. I was all in. Rakim was like, as a kid, for me, I was like, man, this shit is heavy. And as I got older, yeah. and I was like, let the rhythm hit him and all that, I was like, whoa, I'm bugging. Like, <laughs> he's amazing. Because yeah. I get it. Rakim's now. guest spots on shit are crazy. Like, to this day, like, he has guest spots throughout years that are just bonkers. But, but Kane? Uh, isn't he on The Roots? Like, him and The Roots have, uh... oh, fuck. Big Daddy K might be on that, too. Well, if you're talking about the song Boom, Black Thought did all those. Voices. He did all the voices. Yeah. Yes, yes. He did all the flows. Yeah. But I thought they were on uh, a joint together. But no. Black Thought went through all their flows, which is still, hands down, one of the most incredible things I've seen in hip-hop. Dude. There's only... I know we're getting off subject. We need to get to wrestling. There's only <laughs> yeah. one verse. There's only one song that I've ever heard where a rapper imitates other rapper, uh, other things, and it's amazing. If anybody's ever heard Last Emperor's Secret Wars, unfucking believable Last Emperor was signed Last to Aftermath Emperor. for like... He just disappeared. He signed to Aftermath in the early 2000s. He has a song called Secret Wars, where he's talking about like wars between Marvel superheroes and rappers. Oh, my God. What? I never heard this. Yo. That, Yo. all right. As soon as this podcast is done, I'm throwing that shit on YouTube, because that sounds amazing. It's unbelievable. It's, it's almost criminal what happened to The Last Emperor, because he literally vanished. Like, he vanished. He, got, he was in that purgatory that Dr. Dre had back in the day with Aftermath. And he wasn't really a mainstream rapper. But Secret Wars came out, and I remember hearing it, and I was just like, I can't believe this shit. It is one of the most epic, like, imitations and characteristics of music I have ever heard. It's unbelievable. Oh, I'm on it. I am on it. But, uh, no, okay, so that's our music talk. We'll talk versus when the next one gets announced. I guess, hopefully, only fans, please, women, don't need it. Not everyone. It's okay. It's okay to be a normal woman. We appreciate that. And Cardi B versus Stallion, or Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion video gets an A plus in my book. Uh, quality, <laughs> quality entertainment right there. You guys stay tuned. When we come back, we're actually diving into pro wrestling. Plenty to talk about there. Kicking it off with AEW. So don't go anywhere. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL Sunday ticket.tv you can stream every live out of market nfl game every sunday afternoon on your favorite devices plus red zone and direct tv fantasy zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players no matter where you live nfl sunday ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious sundays ever use the promo code blue wire at checkout to get 15 percent off your subscription visit nfl sunday ticket.tv and use promo code blue wire 
see just that quick we are back and it's time to talk AEW. and first we got to talk chris jericho on tour with fozzy they played some crazy biker festival which i don't even fucking know the name of uh i didn't care that much to remember it but he was on stage with his scarf looking full jericho and the you pan out and it's a large crowd no one with masks singing along to his songs had to be 200 300 people just watching him probably panned out further i didn't get a better angle and then that was yesterday on the saturday he has a match scheduled on wednesday with aew how does aew allow him to continue performing i mean like something's got to give they probably can't stop him but they need to test him (laughs) like i don't know if they've recorded those shows or not have they been recording live I think they've been live every week. So, yeah, I, dog, I don't know. I'm hoping that if if Jericho got off the road, all of this is stupid. But I hope that they tested him and he comes in clean. He doesn't get anybody sick. Because the worst thing you could possibly happen is that you do a goddamn concert because you're bored. And you get everybody sick. And now AEW just goes up to smoke. Yeah, but we just saw in Major League Baseball, uh, the who was that? The Cleveland Indians set their a young stud pitcher home. Test or no test. Like, yo, you you know how fragile this situation is and how this shit could put a halt to everything. How dare you go out? And he just walked around the city. I believe it was in Chicago they were playing. And he just went out for a quick second to enjoy it with his friends. No, you take your ass home. Yeah. That's how it should be. That's it's how it should be. And AEW's been quote-unquote woke and on the forefront of a lot of this shit and health matters and we're going to do this, that. And it's weird because Tony Khan, don't attack me on Twitter, Tony. I understand. You listen. You watch everything. Um, But Tony Khan has been so, like, defensive about everything lately where if someone says anything negative, he's explaining. If someone says something about the numbers, he's bringing up new numbers and the stats. Like, okay, now your ratings have gone up. You never had to say shit. Your ratings went back up. Chill. And they put a lot of that pressure on themselves. So now this situation where it's like, now what are you going to do? Sammy Guevara's situation was the same. They sat him down for three weeks. He came back. Nothing missed. Like, the shit never happened. Yeah. They they keep failing these checkpoints and these these testing measures, like they've had several tests of like yo, there's a right thing and a wrong thing. How are you guys gonna react? They kind of maybe they're not failing it, but they're getting like D minuses. I mean, in D grades on these things. I don't know how you preach safety. There's a video going around of one of your biggest stars just going out willy nilly like this just doesn't even exist, and then you let him back in the bubble. Yeah, I, uh, again, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Um, but I don't know. Khan's going to have to do something. I mean, that, that whole crew's got to do something. He's Jericho's going to show up. Uh, he's his own man. These guys, it is what it is. But, I mean, AEW, WWE, nobody, none of them really give a fuck. Let's just be real. Like, WWE, it's not like WWE was doing anything extensive. There were all the reports that all they were doing were temperature checks until people started testing positive. And then when they started testing positive, what'd they do? He didn't even tell you. They just disappeared. Yeah. Still gone. A lot of them. They, they just they didn't tell you. It's just like, surprise, he's gone. And they never say, oh, he got the wrong. Nothing. Nothing. Gone. So everybody in some way is Major League Baseball. That Like, Major League Baseball is... Like, they, they're going to continue to say, yeah, we're going to get through the season. No, you're not. 
I mean, you may. You're going to hobble to the finish line, but come on, man. Y'all could do better. AEW could do better. WWE could do better. Everybody could do better. When people get uh, diagnosed with it, it's not a surprise. I don't feel sorry for any of you. But you knew it was coming. And Jericho doing this concert? I mean, I guess he says, like, I'm on stage, so I can't get it. <laughs> so maybe that's what he's thinking. I just hope they test his ass. I hope nobody gets sick. Yeah, the last thing you want is, again, for it to just spread through the roster like wildfire. And especially a roster with, you know, managers who are like old stars. and It, it just doesn't seem like the safest work environment no. for some of their talent. But, you know, they're going to thug through it because that's just... That's what they're about. They want to go out there. They want to put on a quality show every week. So it's it's rough. It, it doesn't look good. Again, if this happens, it happens. I understand. It happens everywhere. People have been sneaking out, breaking bubbles, quarantines, whatever. But when it does come out and it's public, it's something you probably should get ahead of. Yeah. But they're going to be reactionary and interesting choice by them. So we'll see how that works out. Their actual show from this past week to me was a pretty good show it did almost a million and I think in the key target audience did better than Raw and Smackdown so yeah congrats to them I'm glad numbers are going up it's better for the wrestling community fuck it cool just give me a better product and I think they did that on some level this week but there's still some stuff that's kind of weird to me the 12 man match to open up 10-man, 12-man, whatever the hell it was. So it was all right. It's way too many people. It's, it's a lot. That's chaos. I mean, Survivor Series yeah. is chaos, too. So they could have done that, it's, a, it's within the theme. This is like on a weekly show. It's, it's a lot of people to shoehorn into one narrative. There's no reason for the Dark Order to be feuding with these guys. They have a whole different feud. Mm, I don't know. They have like three feuds. I can't figure out, again, I say this like every week, what the hell the Dark Order are doing. I don't know. There's numbers. I apparently it goes up to like eleven. Sure. There's random guys. Number six, nine, seven, eleven. What? All these fucking people are random. And then they have the actual tag team, who uh, Super Smash Bros. or Dark Order tag team. I don't know how you make the distinction. Um, who actually did pretty well the week before, but then it gets shoehorned into this match. Brody Lee. It's like, okay, but what is he really doing? All of this just seems like an enhancement to the eventual feud between FTR and the tag champs. You're probably right. So you're using eight people to enhance that feud. I mean, you see, that, they're not on TV. So. That's tough. That's, I mean, cut this match in half and then have the other people just get time. They don't. It, That's very weird. They, they are in a, a tough spot. Where they have talent and they continue to sign talent, and there's not there's only one show, and AEW Dark has a lot of damn matches, right? A ton, yeah. Because they got to get these people to, to work, and in some ways, I kind of can understand why they want another show, but I don't want another show because I yeah. feel like you're just really trying to get the training wheels off on doing a weekly that you haven't even done for a year yet. But so I get when there's why there's a 12 man tag because yeah you got a lot of people you got to service you got to keep them busy because talent disappears and they're not all back Pac still isn't back yet he's got to have a role everybody's got to yep. do something so 
like the match was whatever. It's chaos. I knew what it was. Like we're working towards the pay per view and the feud and the breakup. Like we're gonna get there. How we get there? I I, I want to see how it ends because, like I said, they've been dragging this shit out, and it's been enjoyable in some spots and others. It's like, eh, did you really have to do that? So we'll see where it gets them. Um, I'm I'm, I'm more concerned, not even concerned, curious of where this Brody Lee stuff ends. Yeah. Well, with the with the tag match, I'm less concerned about the end because it's going to end in a very good match. It's going to be spectacular. So I don't care. I know how it's going to end. It can't end poorly. It's the intermediate getting from point A to spectacular. Well, like well that's it, what I mean. That's what like happens it. in between that? The split is where the end. juice is at. Like, how does this split happen? It's like if... Sasha and Bailey, when we get to them, when they eventually break up, because it's inevitable that they're going to break up, how they handle the breakup is what's going to make that feud. Like, if Paige and Omega just have, like, a corny-ass, ah, oh, you knocked me off the ring apron on a tag match, and now they're beefing, that's whack. But they find a better way to get there. The reason why Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, who's a murderer, by the way, what the fuck? Um... <laughs> yeah, that came out of Jesus. Blue. But the reason why that worked, it was it was the betrayal, the barbershop window, like everything worked to make that feud it will to make Shawn Michaels a star and then just got Janetti the fuck out of here. Paige and Omega have something great and the only thing they can do is mess it up. That's the only thing they can do. They can't I don't know if they can make it that much better. Because we know the match is going to be great, but man, just don't mess up the feud. Like, don't drag it out too long. I don't like good storyline. Anybody watching The Shy will know what I'm talking about. When you drag something on a little bit too long, then I stop caring. And it's getting dangerously close to that point with this uh, back and forth with FTR, Paige Omega, the Bucks. Yeah, okay. Just bust it up already, okay? Just, just bust yeah. it up. Come on. You got to wrap it up. Um no, so then you go into that, then you look at a tag team like LAX, because that one's going so long, there's so many different moving pieces, and the FTR one coming into that scene, LAX, again, has to wait. So, they give him a secondary feud with the best friends, and the match didn't hit any gear for me, and LAX loses again, which I get it, the heels, heels usually lose more, but LAX loses, and it seemed like that entire match and program on that night was just leading to the spray painting of the minivan. I like that, actually. Like, I, I like the spray painting of the minivan, but I feel like everything before it was just leading to that. Yes. Like, they didn't care about the match. Like, it was just like, alright, go do something and then we just want to cut to you spray painting the minivan later. Look, we all we all want LAX to get the chains off, right? Yep. I think it's coming. I think we're starting to work there because now they're they, they had an edge, like, going after the best friends van. I think, hopefully I'm right, I think they're going to end up winning this feud. And that's when everything's going to come off. Because once Paige and Omega break up, the tag team division is wide open all over again. And everybody's yeah. got to get into position. And I think the way they work with LAX, best friends had their chance. LAX is going to start maneuvering themselves into position to challenge for that title somewhere in November. Just remember this podcast. Somewhere in November, I think LAX is going to get the momentum after the next pay-per-view and will be in the tag team title picture. But then I would believe you're having a heel versus heel matchup. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, I don't know. it's tough to roll into. I don't know. Because if FTR wins it, they're going to win it as heels. 
it's possible, but FTR might not might not win it. They might go in a different. I don't know. I just feel like at this point, LAX is being set up for something, and them being on TV a little bit more and the spray painting and losing the match and but they're visible. Before they weren't even being seen. They were just yeah. Jericho's lackeys. Jericho flack. Yeah. So now it's yeah. like I think they they're building momentum towards something. I just hope I'm right that they pull the trigger on this somewhere around November to give them an opportunity at a title shot. No, nah, that's smart. Um, I forgot to even put on our rundown, but Brandy Rhodes announced the creation of AEW Heels, and for some reason, people didn't like it. I guess it's because it's behind a paywall. I didn't pay that much attention to it. I was like, okay, if people want to pay for it, then I'll be it. Um, from what I read, from what people were talking about when it first launched, it seemed like a creative, um, safe place for female wrestling fans. Yeah. To kind of get together where they're not having to deal with the bullshit that happens on social media, but still able to communicate. Like, if they want to put that behind a paywall, then, I mean, so be it. You know, people want to pay for it. But this shit took a turn and it ran Brandy right off of social media. People are just crazy, man. Like, wrestling fans are the worst. Right? I, I don't know. MMA fans are, are pretty not, We cover some some very unique sports. Yeah, it's, that's true. But the reason why I say wrestling fans are the worst is that what you start to find out is, like, some of you guys still think this is, like, real, real. And when and then you really choose sides because you really think it matters. And chill out. It ain't, it's not that serious. So when I see that, you know, the people saying all these mean things to Brandy, I'm like, dude, why? Why are you so upset? Like, some people literally cannot handle that AEW even exists, and they just want it to go away. And I can't understand that for the life of me. I don't want so the WWE to go away. They do terrible shows, and they, they've had some terrible things done, but for the most part, not even for the most part, 50-50, they do good things. I don't want them to go away. It's just like I said last week. I don't want Soldier Boy and whack rappers to go away. They can have their space too. I just choose not to listen to it. If you don't like AEW, don't watch it. You don't have to go attack Brandy for starting a, a women's uh, service. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, I, you can criticize them holding a women's tag team tournament and putting it on YouTube when you have AEW Dark and a television show. Well, I will say this: I don't think that that. Tournament is going to culminate on YouTube. I think he just started okay. on YouTube. So smart. So I, I and then you got to give him a chance with that. I, this week's show had three minutes total of women on it. I mean, so it's also like you 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 have a ton of diversity in that company, but does it matter if you're not pushing anyone in that group of being diverse? Well, I mean, come on, man. Let's be honest. Does the WWE always have women on? Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> no, Not all the time. I mean, it, like, there's been weeks where it's just like, even like before Sasha and, and Bailey became this thing, there'd be weeks where it's oh, just Becky was on all the time. But it was, Ronda but was on it, all it was time. just really Becky, right? Look at SmackDown. Like, they, yeah, I mean, I, I'll take one. I'm not asking for a million. Like, yeah, there's always been one. I'm just Charlotte saying. was on every week. Ronda was on every week. Becky was on every week. Uh, you got to go. A pretty far ways back where they didn't at least feature one prominent women's talent. I'm just saying, well, what do we want? Like, they have a two-hour show, dude. No, I understand that. Like, I mean, NXT shoehorns women in every week. Like, I, I get it. Again, I'm I'm not saying I want to be critical. I'm saying if people are going to, you, there's a way to be critical. I don't think being critical of a service that just launched that you don't know what the hell is going to be is the way to go. 
you if you want to be critical you can be critical of how they're handling that tournament or the amount of time they're giving women on television you could be i don't want to be like listen that that'll all shake out i like the women's champion now i, I think the roster has to shake out underneath it swole was there could swole have been given more time this week sure they gave her three minutes but next week they might give her five they've given her and Britt baker time when they weren't fighting yeah with just some good promo stuff yeah i, I so, just you know, i don't care there's way to figure it yeah, out i don't i don't um, care that much that's what i'm talking about like there's some people that care a little bit too much about that rather than some of the if it was bad wrestling or if there's storylines yeah whatever it is like this the whole brandy thing is just utterly ridiculous i i just i can't understand why people are upset about this it's not, I, what do you want <sighs> wrestling fans are never happy so that that's you're right about there is no happy place you give them everything there's still a complaint um people complain about new japan it's ridiculous yeah so with that being said in this past week last i think last tuesday depending on when you guys are listening to this um it's still within the week for us when we're recording it. Scorpio Sky had the promo of the week. Oh, man, it was good. It was a damn good promo. Incredible promo on AEW Dark. It went, I saw it on uh, Twitter when they put it out. Incredible. And it looks like he's getting a shot this week against Cody. Yeah. I don't. Oh, crack that claw. I don't like that. To me, it feels bigger than him getting a shot on a random dynamite. Unless this is the kickoff to a feud between him and Cody, which I don't think it is. Because Cardona's in here and there's like a whole weird thing going on. It feels like he should actually win the belt. I see. I don't know yet. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to do it Wednesday. He could lose Wednesday. Then him versus Cody is actually the program you go into the pay-per-view with. But I don't see that happening. See, I don't know if this is... An actual run, given that promo, because the promo was on dark and it wasn't on TV, it could have been also a heat check. Companies do that. See, like, all right, let's see where Scorpio's at. Do this match. See how people react on social media, because you don't have fans there. Make a decision on the solo run. I think a lot of people have been in this mode where they want a lot out of AEW in such a short amount of time. And they want to burn through a number of storylines and a number of contenders quickly when they're already doing it and we're complaining about it, right? So somebody yeah. like Scorpio Sky, like, yeah, I mean, would you like to see him win the title? Yeah, but does it really feel like it's time? Like, the promo was great, but it felt like more of a heat check promo than it was, like, this is a real run. Because you got so many people that haven't really had a run yet. Like, the company is still brand new, whereas, like, WWE has been established for so long that you have the right to say, hey, man, Kofi Kingston was in this company for 11 years and never got a title shot. AEW hasn't been around for 11, 11 months, so you got to let things bubble. So in the case of Scorpio Sky, could it be that they're kind of testing the water, seeing where he's at? Could this be a vehicle towards the Cody heel turn, if that's what we're doing? It could be a sustainable thing. I'm kind of letting this one play out because there it came out of nowhere. And then the promo was so damn good. But it literally just kind of... It might have been one of those things where they looked at what Scorpio had been doing. And then they were like, oh shit. He's one of two people that pinned Jericho. How many times has he lost? Not that many. Oh, we might need to do something with this. 
Yep. So I, I don't know. I'm not saying it's the wrong time or the right time. I'm saying just give it some time. I'm saying don't put him in the match yet if this is a heat check. Why not? Like, is it, because, is it really time for Cody to lose the belt right now? Seriously? <sighs> they haven't even had a pay-per-view since they established the belt. He won no, the title. I, I, I would like Scorpio to wrestle him at the pay-per-view, and then, yeah, I think he could drop it. I don't think Cody is a guy who needs the belt. He's, so yes, he could he could lose it to a guy like Scorpio Sky, especially you know what I wouldn't rush it because I do I agree with you they burn through storylines way too fast so a slow build is welcomed at this point but I wouldn't rush it if it wasn't for the fact of you asking that question when we were both there last September October um, September when you asked Tony Khan. Yo, you guys have all this diversity. Is there a single, a minority singles wrestler you can see being pushed? Yeah. And he looked at you and said, it's in the works. Trust me. You'll see. Yeah. It hasn't happened in a year. This hasn't been a year. <laughs> no, a year would be in September. That's a month away. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, but he, he it, when you ask that question, what did you take it as? I took it as this in the works. I didn't expect the global pandemic to hit either. I, True. So I can't really... Again, this is a year in the hole in some ways. Where expected pushes, like, this is still a new company. I think people really forget how new AEW is. Like, even TNA. Even TNA, when they started having their run, and people were like, oh, shit, Styles. They were NWA and on pay-per-view every week for like two years before they got a television deal. AEW just started with a television deal. <laughs> That's fine, but again, we're not putting expectations, or many fans, myself, Shit, everybody's putting, putting expectations on them that they didn't welcome themselves. Well, they have to. I mean, how can you start a company and, like, yes, they do want diversity, but do you realize how many audiences they have to service at one time? That's fair. I'm just saying, I, if he didn't answer the question he did, he put the pressure on himself. I would never have this mentality if he didn't put that pressure on himself and the company. When he said, yeah, we're, we're doing that. Watch. And we're like, yo, who's on the roster? Oh, could it be Scorpio Sky? And this was like last December. And yes, I understand. You, a pandemic hit. But you've never stopped producing content during the pandemic. You didn't have an offseason. It's not New Japan. You've done shit. Belts have changed hands. You've created a belt during the pandemic. Yeah, you can kind of push one black guy. So let me ask you this, right? I want to flip this on his head just for you. When I said the same thing about the best friends, right? They could win the title. You lost your mm-hmm. shit over the best friends. Scorpio yeah. Sky is kind of in that same box. Where a damn okay, good okay. wrestler. Damn good wrestler. Yep. But if he wins the title, how many people would say... If he wins any title, how many people would jump immediately and say, well, such and such didn't win the title, and such and such didn't win the title, and such and such. That's fair. So I'm more comfortable with a mid-card title, but that that's fair. I mean, is it really a mid-card title when Cody's holding it? It's their mid-card title. I mean, it title, is, so but yes. it's being established through Cody, right? No, it is. That That's true, but I'm, it is a mid-card title. So it's not like I'm asking for them to just throw the main title on them. Um, but no, yeah, you're, you're right. It could be looked at as Scorpio Sky's the second champion. 
like, damn, that's a step back from Cody. So, yeah, it, it, you kinda, know, so it goes both ways. It's very possible. You gotta kind of let this one play out because, yeah, they welcomed a lot of things and people have been giving them shit about not being as diverse, even though they have a trans wrestler, have black wrestlers. Like, they do have diversity. It's just people go, well, the WWE, well, fuck, man, the WWE's been here forever and now they have diversity. They, You have a right to be critical about WWE because it took this long. AEW just got here. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. Do I, they're going to stumble. They have to. It's mandatory. ECW stumbled. That's fair. I understand that. Again, it's the shit they created. What, what are you supposed they, to do? Go in they, there and say, no, we're not going to have diversity. Like, if I asked create, Tony Khan that question no. and Tony was like, no, that would be a problem. Just say we're working toward. He or, said you know we're what? working on it. He said, we have something. watch. Yes. We have something to watch. Did he tell me how long I need he to gave, watch? He gave a wink. Wait, but did he tell me how long I need to watch? No, I didn't. I'm just saying. I'm just so, saying. Like, no, but listen. The context of it. Did you think he was talking about a year from now? I didn't know, and I, I took it just as that because I didn't know because yeah. their top guys happen to be white men. That's just the way it is. That company was started by the Bucks, Cody, and Kenny. Yep. I was shocked that he said that, and we had to comb the roster. Right. So they like, who the fuck is he talking so about? So they like, you look at Scorpio side. Yeah, he got a shot at Jericho, and you look at him. Yeah. But they really, they they have to do something to build towards Scorpio winning that title. They can't just throw anything on him right now. He, that's fine. I, I I wanted them to build to him getting the title shot. When, like maybe some matches. But that's what I'm saying. When, just have some matches on Dynamite before you get the title shot. Uh, but again, like I and said, and not all of your matches on AEW. You dark. got a two. You know, you like, got a two-hour show, and you got a lot of things you're trying to burn through that they are still learning. Can we be critical of that? Absolutely. They burn. Then the, how they've handled Moxley? Absolutely, be critical about that. But they only have two hours to try to get all this shit in. It's a lot of shit to get in. That's fair, but you they they put a, a mark on themselves like yo we are about diversity. We're going out there and getting a diverse roster, which they really did. Kudos to them. It's great. They got diversity and multi multifaceted diversity. Incredible. Putting the belt on Nyla, that was a big thing. Cuz you put it on someone you know, in the LGBTQ community where they don't get those spaces. I mean, could that have been the person that Khan was talking about? We assumed it was Scorpio Sky. That's very true. When did she win the belt? After, because remember, she didn't win it immediately. Yeah. No, I she mean, lost to Rio. You know so. Listen, that might have been it. You might be right. But that, that was like an initiative of there. So I'm just, I'm holding it to that standard. I'm not putting a standard on them. It's something they had said they wanted. Yeah. So okay, let's see it. The Wilson. This guy just cut an amazing promo. I I don't need him to go right into that match. He wanted to. It sounded like in the promo, okay, Cody, give me that shot, but he can continue to earn it. He can continue to cut these for a month. You know, come out and be a number one contender. There, there was other ways instead of putting him in here right now to lose to Cody in the middle of a different feud. Then it's like, okay. Again, I don't want to see him be the next blow-off from a champion. That's it. If this is long-standing, if they revisit it, perfect. They have time. They ain't fuck it up yet. I'm just saying I hope it doesn't get fucked up. No, we'll see. like I said, we'll see. I'll be critical. Got to let it play out. Up. Like I'm going to be a little bit more relaxed because I, I just truly look at it as like, dude, there's, they just got here. They still just got here. No matter what we say, they're new. 
So I'm going to give them a chance on some things. The Moxie thing, I'm not going to give them a pass over. It gets ridiculous. But the diversity thing and trying to service so many people, and, and they're realizing that this shit ain't easy. Like, as much as Khan... It ain't easy. As much as Khan has talked about it, as much as everybody's talked about it, I'm sure they are now realizing things that they didn't even plan for being difficult. A pandemic, for one. <laughs> like, shit, yep. they were a new company that had to deal with a global pandemic. They've got a lot of shit to deal with, so I'm I'm very relaxed on on them because they still continue to give a solid show. Some shows suck. They've had a few stinkers. But it's okay. This show is not a stinker. They, they, like this show is cool. Uh, the highlight of this show to me, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho in a debate. Oh yeah, this was good. Thought that was hilarious. Orange Cassidy no selling everything and then randomly giving just a super insightful breakdown to the third question. That's hilarious. So I, I like the dynamic there. You know, Jericho, when it comes to promos or anything like that, he's he's gold. I think they're doing a really good job building Orange Cassidy outside of any title picture. Because, like you often say, when you're in a title picture, whether you win or lose, there's only one way to go. Yeah. So building him outside of that is very good. Now, the other thing which is it's kind of tough is you you have this dynamic of Brian Cage chasing the champion in Moxley, but MJF chasing the champion in Moxley. This has always been my problem. And he, I still don't know which way they pivot, even though MJF had the attack. And it looks like it's going to be MJF, but then you just blew Cage off and out of this feud? I don't know. See, I, I like don't it, know. This one's weird. It's, it's very convoluted. Yeah. Too many people in the kitchen. It's MJF could have waited. I, this this angle perfect for right after the pay per view. If Moxie wins, it blows off the cage feud because at least they had twice. It, you get some stakes. Moxie wins that, and then you roll into election season with an election angle. That's cool. You still got time. Yeah, I'm, I, like it could have waited. I'm not a big. I've said it before. I'm not a real big fan of this at this point because MJF is so new. He's still so young, and he has so much to give, and him losing would kind of suck. And I'm not saying the man has to go undefeated forever. Maybe it's a humbling experience. I don't know what I don't know how they play this, but the way they've played these title feuds thus far, I'm not interested in seeing Moxie beat somebody else and just move on to another feud. Like I feel like there's still business to be taken care of with Brian Cage, and you're absolutely right. I feel like the MJF thing could have waited, and now you have two storylines running parallel with each other. And I'm just I don't see what they're doing yet. I I I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily like it. Um I feel like MGF although he hasn't been pinned in a long time, which I also think I don't know if they did that by design or it's just kinda happened that way. But I like to see him in some more like meaningful feuds. I like to see him have a long running feud with like when he used to have feud his feud with Orange Cassidy in the Indies. But the only problem with that is you know, you're sacrificing one for the other. Um, I just don't want to see him lose, but he's not ready for the title yet. He's just, I don't think he's there. No, I, I agree. I mean, it doesn't feel like he can lose to Moxley. No. Right? Like, Moxley's probably going to hold that until it's him versus Omega. But it could have been him holding that with three feuds instead of what may amount to eight. Yeah, it's a little crazy. So it, it's it's very quick to run through these these people and these talent. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. NXT, on the other hand, has its own world of problems and, and weirdness. 
and we'll start at the end first, and that's Adam Cole versus oh, Pat McAfee, man. which is very main roster-ish. I would argue that this is the most main roster-style booking decision they've ever done. Aye. And I'm not sure how it boosts anything. Uh, unless I'm underestimating Pat McAfee's audience and it boosting them in the ratings. Um, no. <laughs> it, you can find a bigger star, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's during a pandemic. You can find a bigger star to come in and drum up interest. At least AEW got Tyson. Like, Pat McAfee? I, I don't know... What does this say if this match is anywhere over five minutes? Dude. Like, oh. he's not a wrestler. The punt looked great. Outside of that, he, he's an, Adam Cole was just champion. Adam Cole beat some of the best in the company. McAfee shouldn't be in the ring more than three minutes. I, I don't get what this does for Cole at all. Uh, dude, I'm at a total loss. Like, I think last year I said this. When NXT goes to USA, it's going to have a, a main roster influence, and eventually they'll start coming through, and it's coming through. And I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. This is the first one, though. No, so if you're being, Charlotte. If you're waiting. Charlotte, Charlotte was a main roster influence. Yeah, no, from the celebrity aspect, yes. But I've, but yeah. we've seen them skew towards like what we see on Raw and SmackDown on NXT more so than what NXT was doing before all this. So this was yeah. almost like... It's like the circle of life. It was like it was eventually going to get to this point where they're going to have a celebrity have a match. It, it, it's stupid because I kind of said we've alluded to this week after week. It's like, well, where the, the undisputed era is just kind of spinning their wheels. They're still here, but nobody really knows why. They're losing matches left and right. They're like they're not the forces they once were. Cole lost the title to Keith Lee on some bullshit. And the reason why I say this bullshit, like they built no feud for that. He just lost and disappeared. And now he comes back and he's feuding with Pat McAfee? This reeks of something that Vince McMahon would concoct. And I hate it. Because, okay, Cole wins, right? Then what? Is anybody watching NXT to see Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole? Anybody? N- not, not anyone that I know, but, I mean, I think they think people are. I, I don't get it. Look, I, I really don't. You were, how long have you been with ESPN now? Under a year. It was our live show. So as long as AEW's been around, I've been with ESPN. Yeah. That is how I judge my time at the company. And this is like the biggest corporate job that you've had. Correct. And so you'll feel me when I say this. Once you get into this corporate life, you start to recognize how many blind spots corporations have. Right? That they really have no idea what's going on in the real world. They're in their insulated oh, yeah. little bubble. And then it takes somebody who's not necessarily rooted in the corporate world to pull their coat and say, nah, that's not going to work. Or you missed this. This is right here in front of you and you missed it. So like you coming from where you came from, being a BSO and then you did some time with champions and you did some spin doing this podcast, you see things a little bit differently than how ESPN will see things in the corporate world. So when things come mm-hmm. up in the MMA world and you're like, hey man, that's not cool with the Mike Perry thing, fix it. They had to fix it, but they didn't see it. So you look at the WWE yep. and they think this is going to work. There's nobody that's not on the inside or nobody with the balls to tell Vince or Triple H or whoever to say, this shit ain't it, dog. It ain't. This ain't it. That's the key. You have to have people willing to speak up. And they still, it seems like, they still have a bunch of yes men. Like, this, this feud is dumb. And maybe, I mean, listen, we've seen McAfee on the pre-show and 
he's he's gotten these opportunities with WWE where someone in WWE is a fan. That's cool. Maybe Triple H is a fan of his show. Triple H just had a band no one really cared for, played for four minutes to open the last pay-per-view. When he is a fan of something, he will put it on his show. We've seen that. Then it comes down to other people in the NXT creative department to say, you know what? I don't think this guy is as cool as you think he is. I mean... To put him in there against Adam Cole. Even the better question. Like, even the better question. Like, what do you think you're getting out of this? Because Cole is your I, champion. He was your champion. The longest reigning champion. Yeah. A match with Pat McAfee? Yeah, I think it's going to be quick. I, I think Cole wins. I, I don't know what it brings. Maybe they thought the radio spot and it happening live on Pat McAfee's show and them trying to treat it like a shoot and, and working the crowd. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe they thought, oh my God, those listeners are going to tune in. They think this shit is real. No. But no. Like, we're not, we're not dumb. Casual fans don't give a fuck. They're not dumb. They think everything's fake in pro wrestling. Hard as hell to work people nowadays. So I, I don't know. It's, It'll get the cool ass, you know, Adam Cole entrance. It'll last three minutes. McAfee will make a fool of himself. And Cole will win. See, I think you're. I hate that I'm saying this. I think you're assuming that they're they're gonna let Cole just squash him. I'm not sure if that's true. What is the last celebrity who was brought in and got squashed? They always get their comeuppance in some weird way. They all Hugh Jackman punching Chris Jericho. Like yeah. you go through the list, uh, Stephen Amell and Cody at SummerSlam. You go through the list of celebrities that they bring in, and Stephen Amell like wanted to wrestle, but. They never just let them get squashed. Unless I'm, oh, they all get some offense. Unless I'm missing somebody and somebody will have to tell me. I cannot remember a celebrity coming in. Because the better question is, is Pat McAfee the baby face in this? No, he's the heel. So, so it's a heel versus heel match? No, I think Cole is going face. How? From Pat McAfee? Yeah. I mean, are you buying it, though? Like, look. We just watched Undisputed Era lose again in a tag team title match because of the whole Pat McAfee thing, right? But yeah. as much as we love the Undisputed Era, they're not baby faces. They're just not. They're, they're not. Kyle O'Reilly is... I love Kyle O'Reilly. I, him as a baby face is like the worst. Bobby Fish, the mustache. He's a heel. Roderick Strong tried the baby face thing. Didn't really work. He's a heel. No. I can't remember Adam Cole being a baby face since Future Shock and PWG. And since then, Cole has been the epitome of a heel wherever he's gone. Now you're going to turn babyface against Pat McAfee? I get I The only way they salvage this is if By canceling. Cole goes in there against, no, <laughs> against McAfee and Cole's like, you know, two minutes of being the shit out of McAfee. McAfee runs around. He gets the punt in. Cole gets up from the punt. You're like, oh, shit, Cole's about to beat him. And for some reason, Walter comes out and fucks Cole up. And McAfee wins because Walter helps. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. That always happens with celebrities. Some The Big Show used to be great for that. Yeah, I just, like... Oh, celebs in there? Throw the Big Show out there to help. Of course. Him. But I don't think that the Walter thing, given the restrictions, is still is something... But we, we, we don't know. We don't, but we can kind of go from their track history that I don't think that they're angling towards another feud with somebody like Walter and Cole through yeah. this. As people who has, I mean, Undisputed Era is actively feuding with uh, Imperium, so it's very possible. And 
the other thing, as someone who recently traveled, I have noticed that the U.S. is banned from many other countries. Yes. We're not banning anyone from coming here. Well, so if you can leave Europe, you can get in here fairly easy. As long as you're not like in four northern so states. So here's the next thing. All right, let's let's just play with your idea real quick. Who's the, who's yeah. the babyface? If Walter comes out, there's no way in hell Walter's a babyface. No, Cole is a babyface. Why do you keep asking? Are you interested? The faction is turning. No, I, I'm not, but I think they're going to give them a babyface run as a faction. So you think that, that the Undisputed Era are going to get an NXT run as a babyface faction? Or do yeah, I, I lean more towards this is the end of the Undisputed Era in NXT? I, I think they would go babyface and go up because I'm not sure they believe they're going to be heels when they come up. I mean, why not? They have no audience. <laughs> like, you could control the narrative how I'm not sure how long they're going to not have an audience on the main roster. I'm just saying. How, can, we, can, can we also go into that? I think Vince is becoming stir-crazy, and they're going to try to shoehorn an I mean, audience. They can try it, but I'm, I'm saying, like, you don't... The worst thing you can do in pro wrestling is to mm-hmm. just say, oh, well, they're cool, so turn them babyface. Because how many cool wrestlers... Randy Orton, that's a perfect example. Randy Orton, the RKO out of nowhere, he was doing it when he was a heel. And then yep. they turned him babyface, and how quickly did that character stale? I know, listen, Bobby Roode, NXT pulls him up. For out. some reason, immediately babyface. Let them be heels. Adam Cole, there's nothing ba- babyface about Adam Cole. Like, look at Adam Cole. They made Kevin Owens a babyface. Ha- has it been really that good? No. Exactly. I'm, but I'm telling you, they do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not no, justifying I know. I, They do it, but I think. It's a terrible idea if they were angling that way, but I really don't think they are because given Adam Cole's history and the Undisputed Era's history, I think they're going to move them to the main roster, and I think they're just doing this because they want to give Cole like a prize and something fun to do because he's had all these grueling matches for like the past year and a half, minimum. I'm with And he's like, <laughs> now he's going to get, you know, a pay- maybe, I don't even know if it's a payday because I don't know how the pay yeah. structure works. But whatever it is, it stinks because Pat McAfee is somebody that nobody cares about. That's the thing. If you're going to do it, go big. Well, they, they say big. it's NXT, so NXT gets Pat McAfee. The yeah, main like, roster gets Tom Brady. Like <laughs> That's trips. how this shit works. Listen, I saw trips in the fucking Gypsy King's locker room prior to the fight with Wilder. Like, trips got friends. Yes, he does. Like, trips knows people. You can get someone bigger than Pat McAfee. It's, it's NXT, though. I, like, I truly it's think it's crazy. We can move on to WWE after this. It's crazy because they've treated NXT in a way still like, ah, it's like our play toy. Like, Raw and SmackDown are things that we got to be really, really serious about. NXT is here to compete with AEW. But now AEW is infringing on the demo for Raw and SmackDown. And I think they're going to pull resources away from NXT and try to make sure that AEW doesn't beat Raw and SmackDown, which is like the wrong thing to do. No, just make Raw and SmackDown better. Or just like... Stop what you're doing with NXT. Because NXT was fine the way it was. It was yeah. the, the reason why NXT became NXT is because we loved that we're getting we were getting the indies on steroids. That's exactly what we were getting. We weren't getting fucking Pat McAfee. We weren't getting Charlotte Flair showing up to do nothing. Like, dude, the Charlotte Flair thing still baffles me because nobody got over. Nobody. Nah, no one. No one outside of Charlotte. No, she Flair. came. She saw, she conquered, she left, and she got a boob job. That's the Charlotte Flair arc. How does this? How do you allow this to happen? It's because they care about the main roster more than NXT. But if you let NXT just live, 
They'd be neck and neck in ratings. They they got crushed this week. And I hate that the ratings even matter, but it's because they're doing things that the hardcores of NXT are just like, ah, man, I'm not buying this. This isn't what I wanted. I wanted the super indies. But now Matt Riddle's over yeah. here beefing with Baron Corbin. Like, what What are you doing? It's not a bad feud. It's a- and that match, and we'll talk about it when we come back from the break, but that match wasn't bad until the no, end. But see, the point is, is that Riddle never really had a run in NXT. You could have really yeah. built NXT as this brand and continue to do what you had already been doing with it. But now you got like this main roster and this network television influence, and it's kind of bastardizing the product. And I, I, I yeah. still watch it every week, and I love that Keith Lee's the champion, but now the, the, the problem is Keith Lee is... I like the other well, few. Here's... Again, the the NXT takeover is no longer circular like uh, orbiting Keith Lee versus Killian Cross. It's now about Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. Oh, I don't know. Eh, I, how, I think that's still the main when event, you, hottest. Feed. When you no, it's the main event, right? But when you advertise it, marketing is all about Pat McAfee. If any, like that WrestleMania with Floyd Mayweather. What was the main event at that WrestleMania? Uh, that was New York. I'm sure that was one of the shitty ones, right? Or was that... No, it wasn't Hogan. Rock? Hogan Rock? No. Hogan Rock wasn't even the main event of that WrestleMania. Oh, shit. I don't know. What was the, the, main event of, the main event of Hogan Rock was Triple H and Jericho, and they like kind of shit the bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. They shit the bed. But, but it wasn't their fault. Poor. But this is my point. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily their fault. When you put celebrities in this position, you have to push the celebrity because that's why you brought them. So when Floyd Mayweather yep. showed up to face the big show, it became the focal point because nobody really remembers what happened at that WrestleMania. But that that was where the marketing was at. So no matter what the main event really is, what they're going to be selling to ESPN, what they're going to be selling to Barstool Sports, what they're going to be selling to all the sports media outlets, is Pat McAfee. That's whack. Yeah. Tough. Uh, Tough sell. I don't know. We got to hit a break. You bum me out. (laughs) Let's hit a break. We'll come back. We're talking about the main roster. You guys stay right there. Before we keep going with the show, have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at zero dollars and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code CORNER or DealDash.FM CORNER. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M backslash CORNER. All right, we are back, and hopefully the old man doesn't bum me out this segment. Oh, I am. But, yeah, but you never know, because we're talking WWE main roster, and we're starting off with Raw Underground. Tell me you loved it. You, you didn't watch this live, no, by I the didn't. way. You didn't watch it live. I watched it with everyone else, 
and shout out to Justin Ivey, who's fucking hilarious, but in our group chat, he was like, yo, he doesn't really watch main roster anything anymore, but he'll watch like a clip or go to YouTube if something great happens. It has to be really great. But he was laughing. He was like, yo, when Kel is shitting on something and he's always optimistic, I know it's horrible. And I, what was your thought? My thoughts were not positive. No, mine weren't either. This, I said it when they said Shane McMahon was coming. This reeks of desperation, right? You're trying to pop a rating. But in the, when I, when I saw that the rumor that it might be some like old MMA underground fight club shit, I was like, it can't be. With dancing girls, like get the no, it can't be. I just didn't think that could happen. Oh, it could. It's the, oh, it I could. was like, ah, no, they can't. Dancing girls, fight clubs, no, no. And like you said, I didn't watch this live. I didn't go on Twitter. I didn't do anything. I sat here, cleaned my house, started packing because I'm buying a house, and I watched the entire thing. And I sat here and I saw Shane and I saw the background. And I didn't go on Twitter to even see reactions. I was like, let me just let this play out. I was like, what is he doing? And they showed Raw Underground and the dancing girl. And I said, you motherfucker, are you serious? Like, and then they started having these fights. There is nothing worse than fake shoot fighting, right? Like, pro wrestling is pro wrestling, right? Pro wrestling, like, we know the art. So when people who don't like pro wrestling watch pro wrestling, they go, get the fuck out of here, right? Because that's what people do. They think wrestling's fake. But if I watch fights, and you do Eric and Ibar from War Machine, Viking Raiders, I could want to call him War Machine. War Machine. Eric from <laughs> Viking Raiders is in an MMA fight. Like, I went to, like, the kitchen. I came back, and Eric is in, like, jeans and no shirt. And I was like, this is bad. And then he does a move that is basically a transitional move in his wrestling matches to finish a guy in like under a minute. Mm-hmm. My immediate thought was, why would I ever watch him wrestle longer than five minutes ever again? Why? He just finished some guy in a, in a scrap in under a minute with this move. Now this move can't finish off any minute because this is raw underground. This is like street fighting. Where? How do you can't draw the line between fake shit and reality anymore? Then I watched Dolph Ziggler fight. Fight really? Now I'm supposed to watch Dolph Ziggler, the pro wrestler? I can't. The only way this—I mean, he had a good. Take but the only the <laughs> only way this works, the only way this ever works, is like you started with somebody like Ken Shamrock, or more importantly, you started with if you really wanted to do it, I still hate the idea with Matt Riddle. I was about to say Matthew Riddle, somebody who has a background in this, and then you say, oh, he's coming to like this would have been. Even though I still don't like the idea. This would have been an even better way to debut Matt Riddle on the main roster. Sure. But again, I think I've softened on my stance because I listened to people on Twitter and I was like, I'll give it a chance. <laughs> Not me. Y'all can have this shit. No, I'll give it a chance. Like I, My immediate response is this shit is whack. But I will give it a chance because I listen to people and they're like, oh, what my are they God, saying? everyone's so negative. What are they saying? The only thing I would give it a chance is along the lines of what you just said. It has to be made for someone who's done this realistically. Bobby um, Bobby Lashley is that person. He did this realistically. And them showing up at the end of the show, kicking everyone the hell out, Black Duntaku or whatever, who was once on commentary, <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> fucking him up, uh, kicking him out, 
telling Shane this is our place now and being pissed because they lost to Apollo Crews and wanting to give them more of an edge because they are the Hurt Business. Now the Hurt Business has their own domain to really beat the shit out of people. Lashley with a legit career in MMA. Benjamin with legit credentials in wrestling. I get it. If that's the way you want to go, you lean in 100% and make this Bobby Lashley's fight pit. Bring him back to his MMA style shit. Then it works a little bit better. It's still cheesy and whack. But then I get, then it has a vision. It is the Hurt Business's gimmick and where they do battle. I'm okay with that. All right. So here, here's the problem with this, right? And this is why... why where we diverge on like AEW versus WWE. We've watched WWE do shit like this before. And the problem with this is this was no matter like they people could say whatever they want. You know they did this cuz their ratings are in the toilet. Know it. Oh, easy. And how many things has Shane McMahon been involved in that have been around for 2 weeks and just disappeared? You remember that box that Shane McMahon was supposed to get his hands on if he beat The Undertaker? You remember that? No. <laughs> I really don't. Is that the stipulation? You don't, like, there was like, what's in the box? You don't remember this. Like, Vince McMahon, when, when Shane McMahon was going to wrestle Undertaker, it was supposed to be over with the contents of this box. And that box never got revealed. The shit just went away. It was a whole family feud thing, so that's why Shane came back. Hmm. And it went away. The wild, no, not the wild card rule. Yeah, the wild card rule. That was something that Shane did. It was just like, this is dumb. Everything Shane's involved in has a shelf life that lasts no longer than three weeks. Except when he's like, was best in the world. And even that was pointless. Him going over on Ziggler? Why? Right? Yeah, I don't know. Wasn't he involved in the Kevin Owens? Yes. Yes, go. That, that was so promising when it started off. It's, it, I'm not blaming Shane for this. What I'm blaming is a desperate company trying to pop a rating to bring Shane back. And that what I yeah. think... Ha- I don't think any of this was thought out. I think this was like, oh, man, we need to pop a rating. Shane, remember that Fight Club idea you had like 10 years ago? Why don't you come do it? All right. I'm not even sure if Shane's into it. But who's to say that they just don't bail on this idea around SummerSlam? Because... Who's the mystery? Remember that guy that we thought was Ali? What happened to him? Um, honestly, it may now be this crew retribution. They don't know. Nobody knows. No one knows. But it, you might as well tie it into that, right? Like you might as well tie retribution into that, so it doesn't look like you're an idiot and just scrap the program from five months ago. Make that be retribution. Now that they're setting shit on fire and showing up and breaking the stage. I I don't get it if it's a way to bring up more NXT talent or those ones that you did bring up you have nothing to do really there was no names brought up that I need to see anymore no. the ones that were misused were cut and the other ones should probably be back down in NXT this is going to last about three weeks and it's going to get scrapped too because this shit well, is stupid put a pin on that for a second because we're, we're really going to dig into the retribution thing and how this is really a bad idea um, but no, here's the problem with this, with the even with the hurt business, because you gotta remember MVP is also a jujitsu practitioner. Like he's been doing jujitsu in Texas oh, for years. Oh, he is. He is. He is. Yeah. But here's the bigger issue with this. See, the way this used to work is that Ken Shamrock showed up in the WWE, 
as a wrestler with an MMA background. And then he feuded with Bret Hart and then he took it to the dungeon, right? Steve Blackman, they treated like a mixed martial artist, right? But he came in as a pro wrestler. And then certain somewhere along the line, it was like, oh, let's, let's go into his background. They're working backwards because who in their right mind on the main roster would go, oh, a decorated MMA fighter, a collegiate uh, national champion, and a jujitsu practitioner, I'm going to leave this pro wrestling ring and I'm going to go into this fight club shit. It makes absolutely no sense. Why would you do that? Oh, MMA fighters come into and try to learn the wrestling business. Wrestlers don't go into a fake MMA world because who are they going to fight? Who's fighting Bobby Lashley? Willingly. Like, like, exactly, <laughs> willingly. Because if the feud is, even if even if the feud is Apollo Crews, what sense would it for, to do, for Apollo Crews to do anything in this Raw Underground thing? Why? I'm the know. U.S. champion. So what do you do next week? You have Lashley, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin beat up a bunch of other people. And then yep. then what? Because you can't do this shit yeah, every man. week. Raw, like the third hour of Raw. Remember the third hour of Raw was supposed to be what the fans want. Remember that shit? And remember how quickly that went yeah. away? Yeah, no, nah, that, that lasted two weeks. That's my issue with this. Uh, I fell for that. I'm still tight. Yeah, that's my issue with this is that it became a third hour segment. So they position this as something that they're going to try to build upon as like a weekly thing. It can't happen. There's not enough, enough legs in it. If it was a vehicle for something else, maybe. But this is being built as a segment. And people say, give it a chance. All right, cool. Call me when this shit falls on its face because this shit is not going to work. It's not. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't see a way that it works. So, I mean, <laughs> you're right. I, I don't. And I'm positive about everything. I don't. I don't see how it works. Um, the best case scenario is that it's Lashley's playground, but then it makes no sense for Apollo Cruz to go in there. And furthermore, it makes no sense for Apollo Cruz to ever win. In right. There. Like, how do you end? So this? that means it's the end of Apollo Cruz's yeah, so how- run because Lashley becomes U.S. champ, and then now everyone has to go in there to take the belt from him, which then makes sense. But going in there willingly when you're the person being pursued makes zero sense. It makes no sense. Like, they're just going to say, like, oh, he's just going to bait him into it. You're not mad enough to be in here. You're not mad enough to fight me in a real fight. And Apollo Crews is going to be dumb and say, you know what? I'm going to come in there and I'm going to whoop your ass. And then he's going to get his ass whooped. And then that's going to be the end of him as champion and the end of him on television. So that'd be very weird. I I don't know. It makes no sense yet. I don't know if it's going to make any sense at the end. They're throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And they're doing it with a material that isn't sticky at all. No. And, so, and last, last thing on um, this subject is because yeah. if, if like, because I've seen people like, if this leads to Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar, you think Brock Lesnar's doing this shit? Are you serious? I mean, I'd watch Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. I, I would too. But no, I, I, I don't think so. But that would make it worth right. it. Right. But you'd have to actually work <laughs> to that point. But Raw Correct. Underground, like, how are you going to sustain this week to week? How are you going to convince me that I just, again, I just watched Eric from the Viking Raiders finish a guy. That means everybody in there is whack, basically. Because, like, if he can do this and I can kick out of a pin and he does this some rando supposed to be a badass street fighter, why, what what sense does this make? Who's going to fight who? Are they going to just, let, are they going to have mid-card fights in the Raw Underground? 
I don't know. Good question. It has to be just for the hurt business. But then what? Like, okay. Scenario. Apollo. And Dolph Ziggler has to be an honorary <laughs> member. He has to be the Owen so, Hart. So, Apollo Crews, right, who just got the U.S. title, who we feel like is yep. just getting a push. But So, all intents and purposes, he's going to lose if he's involved in this, right? Because there's just no sensible Correct. way. So, that basically kills a push that we all want to see. All right, fine. Whatever. Yep. But let's just say, Bobby Lashley faces Apollo Crews in this Raw Underground thing. And, yeah, Bobby Lashley wins. Where's the end of this? And where? And more importantly, because you know who the real star of this is? Shane McMahon. Where does this leave him? Oh, Shane, they have to start picking on Shane. This is his ah. thing. They take it over. They bully uh-huh. Shane. And Shane then brings in the person whoever will eventually be uh-uh. Bobby Lashley. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He doesn't bring in anybody. Remember. Shane loves jujitsu. Oh God! Thank you. No, not these punches. Not Shane O'Mac punches. On, you, you, you had to follow the breadcrumbs, oh, man. Oh, we're gonna get Lashley versus Shane. I, I left you. How is that? Even I don't even. I don't know if that's going to happen because again, I think this is a like a every two weeks sold thing. Me on it. This is like an every two I'm weeks sad. thing. So I think they could scrap this at any given moment. But Shane being involved in this, Shane's jujitsu background, and I left the breadcrumbs there. Shane was best in the world. You gotta remember that. Shane didn't go into that tournament to lose. He won in to win to take Ziggler's. Was it the Mrs. Place or Ziggler's place? I don't give a shit. But he went and he won the best in the world title. He won that shit. He won that champion and as a non-wrestler. Do you think Shane's going to be involved in the Raw Underground thing when he loves MMA and Jiu-Jitsu so much to not be a part of it? To not fight? Yuck. All right. Well, on to the next <laughs> subject. You effectively bummed me out. Uh, Retribution doesn't get any better. So Retribution is next. I, pretty, I said what I got to say. This shit doesn't make sense. I don't know who they throw in it. Nothing... These multi-person stables, because it appears they have one or two women in it. Um, the women, if they're a tag team going after a tag team titles, okay, maybe that makes sense. If there's two of them. The men, I, it doesn't work unless you have a super strong lead. Right? Because dumb stables turn into good stables every day. Mm-hmm. You can make shit work. It only works if you have an extremely strong lead. Who's out there for that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is out there for Ali's that. Ali's over there doing jobs on main event. Yeah, Ali's out of this. Um, Shorty G is in his own program and revamping his own character. So the people who haven't been used are kind of to the wayside. People are saying maybe Donovan Dijak is in this. All right, but he's not a lead. I mean, even though he's not a lead, let's more importantly, those guys that came out, none of them are tall enough to be him. So, oh, I, I fucking know. <laughs> we don't even know if these are the real no, members. So, I mean, you, you look at that. What Ricochet and Cedric got tired of being beat? Yes, yeah, cute, but you need a mouthpiece. You need a strong lead. There's no strong lead. Hey, here here's the bigger issue. Sami Zayn. Is Sami Zayn the head of retribution? Let me let me let me get to this point real quick, and then we'll we'll double back on this. So, a few weeks ago, we saw the, what was forming was being formed as the Hurt Business, right? And we've talked about yep. this on the show. Oh, they might be teasing a new nation, right? And Apollo did that interview with Apollo, and Apollo talked about, oh, if there was a new nation, you know, da da da, da these guys would be in it, and it looked like 
He was on to something. Like, he was either leaking it to me, or he was completely oblivious, and this would just happen to be a coincidence. And they started angling in that direction, and people started going, oh, yeah, New Nation. And I think we talked about it. Well, it can't be heels, not in this climate. Nation domination couldn't be heels. It's impossible. But MVP, Lashley, and Shelton Benjamin aren't likable characters on TV. So maybe that's why they scratch nation and domination. Because the climate just doesn't dictate how this makes sense for them to be heels. Nobody's yeah. buying it. So what do you do instead? You bring a protesting rioting faction in the midst of protests, Black Lives Matter's protests, where the conservative view of Black Lives Matter's protests is that they are vandalizing and burning things down because they're mad, un- irrationally mad and unreasonably. Are you saying they're Antifa? Yes. <laughs> really? Come on, man. Are they supposed to be heels then? Because, again, they can't be heels but either. Th- this is my point. You, this is Vince McMahon's company, right? And Oh, Vince probably does think that. Yeah. And then, you, like, even though, like, you know, Biggie's doing what he's doing on SmackDown and, you know, taking the knee and all that shit, it's all, you know, they're fun. Yeah. They ain't got nothing to worry about there. The good yeah. blacks. Because we've spoken about. You remember they did Muhammad Hassan and then he got cut. They try it. Yep. They're, they're not, it's not like they're not going to try it. So anything that's viewed as a, America's enemy will be a heel. And that's why the Nation of Domination couldn't be heels because too many people are like Black Lives Matter. You can't make them a heel faction. They have to be a babyface faction. This won't work. I mean, the protesting, rioting faction is like one step to You're the left. absolutely right. But <laughs> It's like, yeah, we can't do this, but let's take but one step to the left. That's why this is such a massive failure. It's because, like, one, they burnt crates like a week before. Who gives a shit? They burnt crates. There's nothing badass about burning crates and flickering lights on and off. But then they, they took out chainsaws this week and had, like, these terrible camera angles. I don't know what was going on. They tried to make it look like Watch Dogs, the video game. It just, I wasn't buying it. It was a million cuts. It was it all was really bad. bad. But the whole premise is, is like, oh, you know, it's like the, you know, retribution. Like, we're protesters. How are you going to have a protest angle in a protest society? And, then, and how am I supposed to look at this as saying, yeah, these guys should be the heels. As a black man? No. In this climate? No. If you're a pro, fuck me, not even just as a black man. You know how many people were out there? Not just black, but white, Jewish, like Spanish, so many people. There was more white people over here protesting than black for Black Lives Matter. And that's why it's okay for them to have... <laughs> This is and ridiculous. that's why it's okay to have white people in this this retribution thing because now it's not necessarily a race thing; it's a protest thing, and protesting is bad. And I don't think, but you're still not the heels. But that's the problem. <laughs> but they're posi- the they're clearly positioning them as heels. Clearly, the way they ended that, well, it was like half Nexus, half Antifa. Like that's how that shit was was shown. But there's no way, because I don't think they know what they're doing right now. And I don't like. I know Paul Heyman's at home. Like, what the fuck? Like they're they're looking at this. I mean, he can't say anything. And he he had a Viking Warriors. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. So this is this is as harebrained as it gets because this is what you call tone deaf. Because no matter what they do, read the room. Exactly. Read the room. It's, it's, a, it's a, the slogan for twenty twenty. Read the room. A protesting heel faction. If you couldn't make the nation heels, if you were going to go in that direction, you can't make a protesting faction heel. You can't. No. But they're going to try it and watch this thing fall well, It still has to have a strong and lead. Th- but that's the other problem. None of this shit works without a really 
strong lead. Now, Sami Zayn was very revolutionary, like revolutionary before he left. Maybe you can spin it. Because Sami was a heel, but you can have him as that tweener because everyone still likes Sami. So if he leads, it gives you a little leeway. That's saying that Vince doesn't see this as a heel faction. Vince sees this as a heel faction. No, he sees it as a heel faction, but Sammy, the Sammy character leads at a point where it makes him a tweener because we well, like. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Knowing, being aware of how Sammy is like positioned himself on social media and just the person that he is, I don't think Sammy would allow himself to walk in that room and allow creative to dictate how this is going to go and to be agreeable with it. I think Sammy would be like, "No, I'm not doing that shit." Because if he has to be a cowardly heel in this role, he wouldn't do it. He would absolutely balk at this. No, no, no. He got to be like, he has to be himself turned up to 10. Vince is going to want him to be a cowardly heel. No, can't do that. He needs a strong leader, not a chicken shit. They they have nothing right now. They just created this shit because the the ratings are in the dumps. And they're going to continue to be in the dumps because this is a bad idea with Raw Underground. How do they pull this off twice in one show? That was just Raw. And then they brought him on SmackDown to, to chainsaw the ring. Ugh. It's bad, man. All bad, man. Right Squad's back together. Bianca Belair. I don't know where she's Wait, left. Okay, just really quick. So Bianca Belair came, helped Ruby Riot for Ruby Riot to ditch her and go with Liv Morgan? All right. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby couldn't buy a win. Uh. Bianca was like, here. And then Ruby was like, give me that win. I'm out this, this bitch. This is crazy. <laughs> Liv Morgan's back. I mean, they fit each other better. I, I, I like it too. I just, I think Bianca needs to do I, her own I thing, do too. But we gotta find yeah. wherever yeah, the fuck I that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Like, I'm fine with the Riot yeah. Squad being back together, but I don't like Bianca being the vehicle to get Ruby back on track. And then Bianca goes back to dealing with her husband. No, um, which it seems like that's what she's doing because she's attacking Zelina Vega again. <laughs> and then um, outside of that, we also have. Talking about this, Shayna Baszler needs to beat the shit out of someone in Raw Underground. We went through a list of people Raw Underground is for. It's for Shayna. You're absolutely right. That's why they won't do it. If she doesn't appear this week, then they've they've missed the boat. Makes no fucking sense. Use the people who make sense if you're going to have this dumbass yeah. thing. Okay. They're not. Because who's Shayna um, going to beat up? You know who she should beat up? She should beat the shit out of no. Nia Jax. There's a real MMA fighter and there's a fake MMA fighter. Oh, uh, the one that's on SmackDown with Mandy Rose. Sonya Deville. Sonya that's Deville. a fight that should happen in Raw Underground. They're not going to do it. They're too busy with Mandy and like this shit. Yeah, Mandy and this, Mandy just got a new haircut. This, this, that shit is dragging. Please end that one. Yeah, they need to shit or get off the pot. But one of the people involved in that has a Money in the Bank briefcase. So... <laughs> Don't forget. Do that. you think? Do you think that they've actually thought about how they're gonna get this briefcase off them? I think they're like right now they're looking at this and we're like, fuck. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how we're gonna get this off. No. Them. Again, the only option is for heavy machinery to work themselves into uh, a position where they can honestly do a run in and win the titles. The tag titles. You know how yep. much that undermines the, the whole set idea of this briefcase. It's better than losing. Is it for who? The briefcase? For everyone involved. <laughs> everyone involved. You, Corbin was already the example of you put it on the wrong person, they lost, that was a wasted fucking year. It can't look any worse than that until you get Otis. And him losing does absolutely nothing 
So, what are you going to do? Otis is cashing in on Fiend? Dude. Like, this is... And we'll get to the Fiend Strowman here in a second. But the Fiend's going to be champion. Otis is cashing in on Fiend? Fuck no. Have him cash in on the tag champions you prove. You really don't give two shits about the tag division anyway. You save face, you have them win, and it's not a wasted year. Of the I mean, it game. still is, though. Cause the, and you set a new like, precedent it, that it can't be cashed in anyway. <laughs> like, that's... Listen, I, I know. to tell you. They handed the championship to Oscar with hey, the other one. At least Becky got pregnant. But the thing is... The, the bigger issue... The, you, want, you want Mandy no, to get pregnant? How, do you, how, how can we sweeten this there's plot nothing, for There's you? nothing you can do. Because <laughs> when I said it, they did it as Vince's play toy. And now he's tired of his play toy. And now they're in a corner and they have no idea what to do. Because they've been booking not long term like Gato does in New Japan that we always love. Even when he does bad, we're just like, alright, well we'll give him a chance. This is haphazard yeah, ass booking. They're just booking whatever. To book, yep. yeah. To pop a rating. It's, Everything's it's, to pop a rating. Yeah, they thought Otis was going to pop a rating. Oh, man. Imagine where Big E would be right now with a fucking briefcase. Jesus. Anyway. We then have Fiend versus Strowman build. Um, I mean, the Fiend is Fiend. Braun Strowman had one of the worst Thank promos you. for uh, a very yeah. long time. I, I know. God, that was bad. He's, I'm bringing the monster to some... What? Like, is the Fiend supposed to be scared? So you got a choo-choo train on. Yeah, like... What? Oh, I don't... The baby face in this scenario gave the equivalent of fuck those kids. <laughs> like, he was like, what? Alexa Bliss? Oh, you thought I gave a fuck about Alexa Bliss? You can have that. Like, Yo, I was so confused when he did that to it's her. A, it's a damsel in distress. You are a big guy trying to save the damsel in distress. You can't do that, this right? This thing might be one of the worst champions I've ever seen. <laughs> Where's Jinder Mahal at to save us? I owe Jinder Mahal an apology because at least he knew what the fuck he was. Like, yo, that Braun promo was awful. And again, they put the title on him because they they booked themselves into a corner with Goldberg. That's how they got here. Bill Goldberg. What year? Like, that's how they, they got here because why? They wanted to pop a rating and they wanted to appease the Saudi Arabian people by having Bill Goldberg go over on the fiend nonsensically so they could go, well, it'd be spear versus spear with Roman Reigns in a match that nobody gave a shit about. Roman gets coronavirus. Well, he doesn't want to get coronavirus. My bad. And then says, I ain't doing that shit. So then they go, you know, who we should put the title on the guy we, sh- we should have put the title on uh, two years ago. You would have never been in this situation at all if The Fiend would have beat Goldberg and The Fiend would have went to WrestleMania to face John Cena. You would have never been in this spot. They could have done the same match. They could have, they could have actually yep. done a match with the Fire Funhouse elements. They could have done that for the title. And you wouldn't have to worry about getting the title off of Strowman. They did this to themselves. Again, trying to get hot shot booking and pop a damn rating. Nobody cares about Goldberg, and Goldberg didn't care about y'all. He was out. Quick, fast. He was like, oh, wait, that check cleared? Fuck this belt. <laughs> I don't want no parts of this. You think I want to do that? Like, oh. I've never liked this business. You think I'm going to do this full-time for y'all? I'm out. Shit. <laughs> oh, Roman's gone? Nah, that's it. Y'all paid me to fight Roman. Craziness. As he's out? Nah, I'm out too. So, yeah, man, that's... That's wild. And I guess what the last thing to talk about is, again, something nonsensical. Dominic Mysterio. Oh, man, I forgot about that. <laughs> what a bat. Is going to have his first match. Yo. Wow. 
first match against Seth Rollins and this great revamped character, great heel work, coming off, Seth really has had one feud and lost to Kevin Owens. Done nothing besides the Rey Mysterio eyeball thing, which is fucking wash. And then now you're extending that with Dominic Mysterio for what, Rey Mysterio to come in and help him and Dominic to get his first win over Seth at SummerSlam? To do what? How, who is he going to wrestle after this? The guy, the kid has no experience. He's a kid. You want him to succeed, send him to NXT. This is the ultimate case of there's nowhere to go but down. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's not going to look good. This is going to be a spot fest. He has four moves. You're going to let the kid get his shit off. And Seth Rollins is going to try to carry him to a mediocre match. So here's the bigger issue with this. This is bad. You've already outlined everything that's really bad. Well, here's not even the bigger. Here's the issue I have with how this all went down. So, Dominic Mysterio... Well, no, Seth Rollins is talking shit, blah, blah, blah. And Samoa Joe stands up. Oh, I was so hyped. I tweeted I was hyped. Oh, I look like an idiot. Samoa Joe is a guy that I'm still looking at and going, why have they not put the title on this man? Or at least given him a sustained run at something. So as this has happened, I'm going, oh, remember, I'm not watching this live. Oh, shit, Samoa Joe. Wow. So they're going to bring Joe back against Rollins at, at SummerSlam? I'm here for this. So Samoa Joe like, gets in his face. And cool, like Samoa Joe's amazing on commentary. Samoa Joe, like everything, all the signs are there. I'm like, yo, this is it. This is the way we're going to get here. We're going to use Dominic as a, like, a decoy to get. No, we're not. Because then Dominic comes out, Kendo Sticks, Buddy Murphy, and Seth Rollins. And what does Samoa Joe do when he sees Dominic out number two against one? Gets right back behind the commentary booth. What? Yep. You got to put Joe in his corner or something. Like, but how, you got to use it to bring Joe back. Like, how did, that. how did you not have Joe help him? Read the room. <laughs> like, of all the shit that they pivot with and scratch on the last moment and change, how do you not change no, that? I was. No one gives a fuck about Dominic. You oh. give it, you make it a tag match. You pivot. And you make it a tag match, throw in Murphy, and you put Joe with Dominic. And have Joe carry because then people will give a fuck. I, dude. When I like when I said that this this show was I forgot what it was called. Pitiful, putrid. I didn't know what to call it. I thought this was one of the worst roles I saw in a long time because the booking was so bad. And it was so many things that I was like, oh, that could No, that's not leading into anything. Yeah, they pump faked over yeah. and over. Never shot like, the like, they, they, they promoted this show with something big was going to happen. It felt like desperation, but I think didn't think it was going to be this bad. Between Retribution, Dominic Mysterio, and goddamn the Raw Underground. And they started off okay with Apollo MVP. It was a cool match. It ended too soon, but Apollo won clean. Yeah. So I was like, where's all this going? SummerSlam is two weeks away, dog. Ain't shit on there, though. I, I mean, watch. look. Again. Matt Riddle? Maybe? Again. Matt Riddle. We're, is going to put on. We're talking about Dominic Mysterio and the title match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton is what we really should be talking about, but it's mired in so much bullshit around it. I really hate that Drew's got to deal with this. He's got to keep having these great matches around bullshit. Money in the Bank was bullshit. Extreme Rules was bullshit. Like his matches always come after like the worst thing that could possibly happen. WrestleMania. Yeah. In the middle of coronavirus. Like after. Wait, did he squash Lesnar before Strowman squashed? Goldberg or after? 
That was night one. Him, Lesnar was night one. Strowman was night so two. It, it just feels like everything around Drew should be built around Drew. And I'm not saying it's not necessarily, but it feels like there's so many ridiculous things going on that Drew's not really getting that opportunity to shine. Like, this feud with Randy should be really good. It's going to be a good match, too, now that Randy gives a yeah, fuck. Yeah, so, but here we are talking about Dominic Mysterio and Raw Underground. Like, all the things they promoted, the thing that they did not promote on this Raw was Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre for their top title. How do you blow this? I don't know. That's so true. I they can mess up anything. Anything. Really like on the main roster, they can mess up anything. And they roll into shit by mistake. Becky was a mistake. Sasha and Bailey are just too good. They tried to fuck that up last year. And Sasha took a hiatus. She almost left. So they tried to fuck that up. Might not have even gotten here. They can mess up anything. I, I can never trust them. Most talented roster they've had since 99. Jeez, might be, talent-wise, this might be the best they've ever 2001. had. 2001. And when WCW... Merged with WWE, they they had some not really because they didn't get the when you got Guerrero. Yeah, but they, they got Guerrero you, before. You got Benoit, you got Angle, you got. But I mean, when they did that first brand split, and you had the SmackDown Six, and you still had talent, or Cena was still seen. You you had some shit. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you look at this roster, and where all this most talented. I mean, I think it's even more talented, top to bottom, and the most misused, like. No, I would argue that they use that talent. Better. Oh no, 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 no! SmackDown Six was it? No, no, no! Used. SmackDown Six was used better. I'm talking about this crop of talent: AJ Styles, yeah. like Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Lesnar, who they had, Samoa Some, Joe. Like, this is uh, this Adam Cole, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro. This is the this is the <sighs> deepest roster of talent they've ever had. And yeah, the SmackDown Six was amazing. But that was six. You know how deep this bench is? If you start like Cesaro is on the bench, even though he's a tag champion, Cesaro and Nakamura are like an afterthought. Oh, knock, yeah. This is the the greatest talent roster they've ever had. Deepest. Yep. Deepest. Aleister Black's not even on top. That's what I'm saying. Like top to bottom, unbelievable. Uh, these, These are all talents that have established themselves elsewhere. Or some have been built within the system, like Roman Reigns. But you look at Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, AJ, AJ Styles. This is a ridiculous roster, and they. I wouldn't mind Aleister Black with this Retribution mm-hmm. faction if he let it. You're not great on the mic, but but we'll see. like just talent, like the things that some of these talents can do in the ring. I mean, then you look at NXT with Cole Gargano. Like this is the deepest roster they have ever had, top to bottom, just deep numbers. Because they can, they can hurt 10 people. If they ran this thing like an Indies, it wouldn't even matter. No, be fine. Wouldn't but here me. we are. Just did like a 40-minute segment complaining about everything that they did wrong. Not about the talent. Not about a bad match that the talent messed up. But what creative is no. doing. That's crazy. They're, they're the ones fucking I, it up. I, I mean, and honestly, it's going to be that way until... Till whenever, <laughs> like it's just, I, I I don't see it. I don't know. Um, I think Vince stepping down at whatever point that may be for whatever reason that may be, will help a scotch. Um, because listen, you can say what you want. It'll be different. 
whether that's drastically or by a smidgen, it'll be different. It was one man's brain. That man's brain is no longer running the show. It'll be different. Um, my Yankees did the same. Steinbrenner stepped down. It was different. We don't spend money willy-nilly. We got a farm system. We have one championship since. <laughs> like, we're keeping a buck, right? Like, it's different. Is it better? Like, so it, it'll be different. I'm not sure if it's going to be better. So we got to we got to see man it's it's tough. Um we've been here for damn near two and a half hours. So thank you guys for listening. It is a fun show. We are going to be putting clips of the show up on social media as well. So when you follow us at corner podcast underscore corner club for life on Instagram, me at Keldansby, him at Andreas Hale, you will see those clips and that'll be fun. Shout out to the bevy of sponsors that we now have on this show. Shout out to the network Blue Wire. It's been another great week. Can't wait to talk MMA and boxing later on in the week. DC Stipe Trilogy is this weekend. We also have a ton of boxing. This shit's going to be fun on the next episode. Appreciate it. You guys stay safe. Until next time, we're out. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball has finally kicked off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.